Like, I know you're not supposed to like them. Who's you? And they tell you that they're bad for you. Who's they? But it's just like, quit telling me what I shouldn't like. I think you just became theys. So don't go tell me what I shouldn't like. Who are you fucking talking to, bud? What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the award-winning Certified Wrench Podcast. Still don't know what award that is yet. Guys, let me know. You can't start a podcast, especially if you're going to another country, without making fun of said country, you know, all in good stereotype ways. Uh, And then you got to put in one of the best bands to come out of Canada ever, Rush. Uh, that song was Anthem. I wish I could play more of it, but you know, I don't own it, so I don't want to get sued. Today I have a special guest. You guys might know him from a little YouTube channel called Tecmo HD. Um, he's been on there quite a bit. I'm super pumped to have him on. Uh, we recorded this kind of a long episode, uh, and we have more to talk about. So I, I know I say this with some some guests that, you know, we're going to have to do episode two and it never happens. Uh you know, scheduling thing, but I think me and Cam can make this make this thing happen. So we might be coming out with an episode two, and we might do it a little different next time. Anyway, let's get into the episode, guys. I'm so fired up right now. I got sweat rolling down the small of my back and into my ass crack. It's emotional. All right, take two. <laughs> Go ahead and introduce yourself, bud, and uh, where are you from? All right, I'll do a little more energy this time for them. So, uh, yeah, my name is Cam. I uh, owner of Blue Tech Equipment, and uh, for those of you who don't know me, I'm on the uh, Tecmo HD YouTube channel here and there. I'm uh, one of their contract mechanics that appears on the channel. We do jobs there, and they get filmed, and they get put out for you guys to enjoy or shit on, whatever, <laughs> you know, whatever you guys prefer in the comments. But uh, yeah, I've uh, been an owner-operator, um, running my business now for about three and a bit years, and uh, yeah, got three trucks, a shop, and six employees total. I think. Wow. Six. Yeah, it's five. Five and myself. So I'm number six. I'm at the bottom of the totem pole always. So <laughs> that's how it goes. But uh, you yeah, six, you guys. Six employees for me. Oh, I'm sorry. Six. Six employees. So you. Yeah. You have three trucks though. So would uh, <clears throat> explain that well, real quick. Explain. I will. So I have. Three mechanics, plus myself is four. Um, my office girl and a bookkeeper who's on the payroll part time because okay, gotta gotta keep on the books. So <laughs> that's I just yeah. was curious because I'm like, oh well, you know, he's running his own gig. What what do they do yeah. anyway? Everybody's like double teaming in the trucks. Two guys to a truck. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> the bookkeeper rolls around with us. That's awesome. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it's good, man. All my office staff work from home. So, I mean, we do have an office space now we just got, but uh, they all like to work remote, which I'm honestly, I'm fine with that. So yeah. it works. So excuse me. Sorry. Uh, so, no worries, man. I'll be probably pausing the mic here and there to, uh, to hack up a lung because that's just the choice of this time of year for me. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let's uh, let's talk about you a little bit. Let's get into some background. You know, people yeah. like to hear, you know, how people got into the industry and blah, blah, blah. You know the deal. <clears throat> um, how'd yeah. you get started in this thing? Well, my... Uh, my background, I mean, how far back do we want to go? We'll talk uh, January 14th, 1990. I was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll go a little less than that. Well, uh, I don't know. I grew up as like a Lego kid. You know what I mean? Like playing with Legos and Mechano and connects and all the, anything, if you can build it, because it was just fun for me to build shit and take it apart. Mm -hmm. Um, I was always really into that. And, you know, uh, Every toy that I had when I was growing up, if something happened to it, it wasn't in the garbage. It was in my, uh, I had a workbench in my room as a kid. It was my, my dad's old desk when he was growing up and it was full of cut marks and paint and, you know, tool holes all over the top because everyone was always working on stuff on it and toys would break and I'd take them apart and probably never put them back together most of the time. But I had a drawer just full of like random, like just shit. And I don't know, I've always been a tinkerer and been into building things, you know, built trucks and stuff when I was a teenager, as soon as I was old enough to, to get in the garage and work on stuff. I was doing that too on my dirt bikes. And I think I bought my first vehicle at 14. It was an old shitbox Ranger in 80, 1987. And, uh, yeah, I got it for like 250 bucks, drove it home and it died. And, <laughs> you know, we just, just worked on that thing nonstop. And I just always, always liked working on stuff. And, yeah, from there, I, I thought I wanted to actually do automotive when I was in high school. I, you know, I never actually did shop classes. Here's the kicker. I never did shop classes in high school. Um, I, don't judge me, but I, I tried to spend the least amount of time in high school as I could. Oh, I, I ain't judging. <laughs> I ended up dropout. I finished school and, and nothing wrong <laughs> with dropouts, honestly. But I just, you know, we had these things called spare blocks. Right. Like, so if you took so many classes, you had to do your minimum amount of classes, then you could sign up for spares. Well, I think my 11 and 12 year, I had about like 50% of my time was like spare blocks. So I could, and well, there were spare blocks or classes that I would just cut because I like, there was like a music class that was kind of, kind of bullshit, but I could pass it with my eyes closed kind of thing. So you know, I would just not show up a lot of times or if it was at the end of the day, it's like, oh, I just have a spare and then music. I just, I'll just ditch. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying for guys to ditch school, you know, school is cool. Stay in school. Right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I just never felt like I was getting a lot out of school. You know, I'm sure a lot of guys can relate to that, mm -hmm. especially when they push, they push the college thing a lot. Right. <clears throat> they push, you know, you got to go to college and get a degree and, Otherwise, man, you might end up in the trades, you know, heaven forbid you'll end up as a tradesman <laughs> or, or, or in the army. So I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of your listeners can relate to that. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I got, I got that piece of paper in 2007 when I graduated and then I don't even know where it's at. What good does yeah. it do me? 
Oh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I, I didn't take any shop classes in school. I kind of just wanted to get out of there as soon as I could. And uh, I signed up for like an automotive course. Actually, I went and during my summer after I graduated, I went and like lifeguarded and did <laughs> kind of just dumb jobs like that, like lifeguarding. And I worked at McDonald's when I was in high school, worked just like whatever kind of fun jobs and stuff like that. But I always worked a lot, you know, like when I was in school, I was going out on weekends, working skate patrol and lifeguarding and just, just whatever. Um, yeah. And then when I graduated, I was a lifeguard at two different places. <laughs> I was three days on at one place. And then my three days off, I spent lifeguarding at this other place. So I spent the whole summer just working on my tan, <laughs> working on my tan and hitting the gym. And then I was like, man, what should I do? When do I sign up like for college and, you know, going to school and getting a, getting an education after the fact, like I didn't know what to do. So I thought about automotive. That was my first go-to. Cause I was like, well, I like working on stuff. I like working on cars, but what I really wanted to do was build race cars, <laughs> build, build trucks, build fun stuff. But you know, there's, there's no market for that. Right. It's not like down in California. I'm sure, you know, you got all these shops and custom car places, custom car culture is huge down there. And I kind of always looked up to that thinking that that's what I wanted to do. So I was like, well, I don't really want to do automotive. So what's the coolest, like next best thing, you know, what's the closest thing to building race cars was building airplanes. So that's actually what I got into. Right. I'm all about motorcycles. So, you're all about the motorcycles. I know. Same. I mean, I grew up on, on dirt bikes and mountain bikes, all the off-road stuff, but, uh, yeah, I, uh, I came out of school and got into aviation. Oh, wow. That was actually my, uh, my first, uh, trade, you know, um, went and took a course. It was like a nine month long course called, uh, aircraft structures technician. And, um, <clears throat> yeah. So in Canada we have, um, called your AME license, your aircraft maintenance engineer's license. And, uh, that took me a couple of years to get. And, uh, yeah, I just, it took a little bit to get a job in that industry just because it's such a hard place to get a job. in. honestly, like it was really hard to get into the industry at the time. It was in 2008, 2009. So, mm, you know, the economy's perfect. not doing great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, everyone's got that same, same story. It sounds like, you know, yeah. um, but, uh, yeah, I did that for a few years in between I kind of busted tires for tire shop doing the off highway thing. That was my first taste of like big gear was doing tires on them. Uh, and then I, you know, got into aviation for about three years, four years total, if you count my schooling and everything. And, uh, I just, by the end of it, after about four years of that, I got tired of the, uh, the kind of boom and bust the, the up and down is a. There's an airplane pun for you, the up and down of the industry. That's an elevator <laughs> pun, man. You're going to have to bleep my puns out because they're so bad. But uh, yeah, no, we uh, we'd always find you're like smoking busy for a few weeks or a few months. And then you're sweeping a floor for the next few months. You're just so slow. And you're like, oh, am I going to have a job tomorrow? And that was just how that industry is. So after a few years of that, I got, uh, I got tired of it in the pay. Honestly, the pay isn't there either in that industry. I don't know what it's like for you guys down in the States. Like you guys, you guys have A and P's they're called. Right. So like airframe and power plants is the, is the certification. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, I just, I got tired of not knowing what was going to be in three months. And, uh, 
I got a good job offer from a quarry, a local quarry here. They they were looking for somebody just to have in the shop and kind of do oil changes on on gear and you know take care of things. And they you know they offered me an apprenticeship. And you know what? I know you were asking me about the uh, apprenticeship thing, so we can kind of we can kind of talk about that a bit since that's kind of a big part of my my career and all that. So I got offered an apprenticeship, which is essentially a company will will sponsor you and. Uh, yeah, they'll give you the experience and the hours you need. And um, yeah, I started at this quarry as, a, as their apprentice. So so uh, um, actually on that, cause we, we've talked about, you know, the apprenticeships and stuff. Uh, I've had two, yeah. two other, two or three other Canadians on, uh, well, and Australian and a fellow from England. I can't remember if it's the same, but it was kind of the same, same thing. But is that only in the trades or do you have to have like apprenticeships to do sales or to do just random other stuff? Yeah. So it's mostly a trades thing. Um, I guess the other thing that'd be close to that would be like nurses do like practicum. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So nurses will do, you know, schooling and then go do some practicum out at a hospital. Yeah, um, same. Doctors do the same thing. Right. Mm. Um, <clears throat> yeah. But uh, I know there's like, parts people have apprenticeships now which is i'm not gonna get into that too much but i think it's kind of well fuck it i think it's kind of bullshit but whatever (laughs) kind of waters down that red seal certification being you know instead of it being something that's up here attainable after so many years and and hours and busted knuckles and blood sweat and tears out in the field you any donkey sitting behind a desk can go and get their red seal for parts which is you know and those guys are making good money, actually, too. A lot of the parts people now in this industry, at least locally here, they're making, you know, mid-40s sometimes. And, and uh, I mean, for somebody that doesn't have to work outside and just can sit by the desk and make phone calls, it's pretty good, you know? Yeah, so I see you're ticketed for seven. <laughs> is that seven certifications? Sorry? Well, I was reading your, your questionnaire here. You're ticketed for seven. Is that years? Seven years. Okay. Um, yeah. So we'll go back to the apprenticeship thing. Just because yeah, I guess I kind of, I'll bounce around a lot. This is just how I am. I'm very all over the place. We're so. ADHD together. Yeah, dude. I, uh, so I got that job at the quarry and uh, I did a year of my apprenticeship there. Um, and then we uh, went our separate ways for whatever reasons. Uh, probably won't get into that. You know what? No, I'll get into that. I don't really give a shit because I'm not going to say their name. And you know what? I'm an open book, man. And uh, I'm, I've always been very big with the channel and everything else and showing people what it is and what it's like real world. We don't do reshoots. So I will get into this. But uh, yeah, I had this job as quarry. And uh, yeah, I was there for about a year and a bit. I was engaged to, you know, my wife now and, and you know, new trade, trying to build up my life and start things over and you know, looking at buying a house and all this stuff and, you know, I'm making decent money. I was making more money my first year in this trade than my last year in aviation. Just, you know, I, I got a $2 raise to switch careers essentially. And, uh, you know, so I was working there for a bit and, uh, everything was great for so long until just one day they're like, yeah, no, it's your, uh, it's your last day. And I was like, what really? <laughs> I, I, I literally just got married like two or three, I think it was like three weeks before that. I just got married and uh, yeah, they just, they, they just dropped me. And I was like, is there, is there a reason, you know, like, what did I do? I've never been fired from a job before. I, I always had good references. I always had good, 
you know, like people wanted me back kind of thing. Like my, my old boss at the tire shop, he, he was begging to have me come back. He was even going to give me a fuel allowance to have me stay when I Jeez. left there. So like, I, I'm not saying I'm the greatest guy in the world, but I'm not a shitty employee. And there's a lot of shitty employees out there. And there was a lot of shitty employees at this company. So I was surprised that I got let go and everyone in the shop was too. They're like, man, what the heck? So, so I, I did a little digging and I found out afterwards, uh, it's because I listened to the radio. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was one of the big reasons. They didn't, they wouldn't say it. They wouldn't come out and say it, but uh, I used to have a Milwaukee radio on my toolbox. So oh, this is there you go. Milwaukee partly. Throwing the fucking Kool-Aid name out there. Huh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck. This is why I hate Milwaukee, man. They lost me my, my first job in the industry. <laughs> what was uh, was that the type of music you were listening to? Or? Nope. I didn't even. So I got talked to one time. I had one chat where they came out and they're like, oh, yeah, I know we, we don't really like the radio. Uh, you know, we like a quiet shop, which the irony was they like a quiet shop, yet the guys are all loud. Everyone's cursing. Everyone's just, you know obnoxious it's a shop you know yeah you know especially the one guy's the owner's son was just super like i don't know if he had if i could say it but if he had tourettes or not because <laughs> it seemed like again i think i probably have it too because i have my moments but uh, yeah you know like it was just and we're all the same so it wasn't obviously the quiet thing yeah it was the music they didn't like music in the shop sounds like um, bullshit to me well, they're very religious people. Uh, so, yeah. And so this particular, you know, sect or religion or whatever, I'm I'm not going to get into that, but they just don't like music. They don't like internet and they don't like other forms of technology. Um, but they'll buy a brand new pickup and, you know, brand new other stuff. <laughs> There's certain exceptions to it, you know. So one of the things was like, oh, they got rid of me because I listened to the radio. And then when they, when they said, oh, don't listen to it, I just left the radio on my toolbox. I didn't, I didn't drive over it with, uh, you know, the 470, like they wanted me to, because <laughs> that's what these guys would do. They'd buy a brand new machine or a brand new truck and they'd just rip the radios out and run over them. Not, not get rid of them or like sell them or give them to one of the guys who doesn't care about their stuff. Um, it was oh, a point to like okay. crush the devil inside, I yeah, guess. I don't know. Yeah, I, I know what religion this is. I used to work yeah. at a lot of their combines in in Arkansas and Louisiana, <laughs> and they would literally take the, the radios out of the machines. Yeah, super nice people. Just don't listen to the radio in front of them, I guess. I don't know. Fuck. I learned my lesson. <laughs> so that's the only job I've ever been fired from. Like straight up just let go. And I was like, eh, whatever. I moved on. And you know what? Looking back, it was probably one of the best best moves in my career because uh, I was pretty I was pretty bummed out, man. Like I'd never been let go, and I was like, I don't know what to do. And it's a shitty time in the industry. No one's hiring. Like right now, you know, you you see it on Facebook. You see it all over the place. Just hiring like crazy, man. So many places are just looking for warm bodies, right? Can you fog um, up a then, window with your breath? You can come work for us. Yeah. Yeah, you got a pulse. Yeah, yeah. We need some meat Fuck. in the seat, you know. We like yeah. to say, <laughs> and uh, yeah, meat linkage. But um, you know, we, uh, I, uh, where was I at? I don't even remember. You got we fired. About, where are we going next? Yes, I got fired and uh, let go there. Whatever you want to call it. Um, and it was one of the best things that happened to me because after that, it really pushed me and motivated me to like do better. You know, even if there was nothing I did really wrong there, I was like, okay, I'm going to be a better mechanic now. I'm going to be a better employee, whatever I got to do. I just, I want to, I just don't want that. I want to make it hard for people to ever not want me around. You know what I mean? Um, 
And I mean, I, I always had that mentality, even at McDonald's, dude, I'm making every hamburger. Like I'm making it for, for, <laughs> you know, the fucking King or, yeah. or Jesus, whatever you want to say, right? Like <laughs> making every burger the best I can. And I know that's a stupid mentality to some people. They don't give a shit. They're like, well, I'm, you know what? You're paying me minimum wage. I'll give you a minimum effort. But my thing was, no, you're, you're paying me to do a job. So I'm going to do the job better than the guy beside me if I can. Yeah. You know, and guys will disagree. They'll call you Mr. Whatever Keener and, and the ass kiss or whatever. But <laughs> man, dude, it's, it, I, I can't say that it hasn't done me well acting that way and being that way with every job I've done. You know, it's not to say I haven't had my issues with management and people higher up. But I'm not a ass kisser in that sense. But, you know, for the customers and for the job that I'm doing, yeah, I, I always do a hundred and whatever percent, you know, as much as I can. So, you know, after that, I, I got the job at uh, this independent shop. And that was my first kind of like taste of the independent side of things. You know, I didn't really know what that really meant. I thought you're just a mechanic at a shop somewhere or a mechanic at, you know, a company, but this place had like outside customers, just like in a, you know, a typical automotive shop. Right. So I was like, Oh, that's kind of a cool way to do it. Like we were mechanics for all these companies, you know, like we would go to all these different customers and I only thought that was like a dealership thing, you know, to work for customer gear. It was either you're a dealership guy or, uh, or an in-house mechanic at a fleet. Right. Yeah. And that's what you're, you're at now, right. You're a fleet mechanic. Aren't yeah. you? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I always thought there was only the two worlds, like kind of dealer and fleet. Cause just cause it's equipment is so specialized. There's no room for little guys. Right. But yeah, these guys kind of showed me a bunch of stuff and I learned probably the most there working on old gear. I think I was like 20, 23, 24, um, at the time. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of where I learned a lot of my diagnostic abilities, all that stuff, hydraulics and working on engines, you know, this, this shop was the kind of shop that wouldn't turn anything away. Um, didn't matter. You know, the, their slogan was any make any model, any time. And, uh, I've kind of carried that with me through my whole career. Just, I was always the, uh, you know, if it's uh burning diesel or has, uh, wires or hoses or something well you know or gears whatever i'll get into it right so i fucking love that any make yeah. any model anytime yeah dude i love it i'd like you know i i've thought about putting that on my trucks but uh yeah i don't know so it's, uh, it's just it's 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 a good mentality to have for for us because it's kept us it's, it's brought us to where we're at you know um i don't say no to a lot of stuff I work on a lot of weird stuff. I work on kind of everything. One thing, my one exception is trucks. I fucking hate trucks, but mm, I know a lot too. of guys love trucks. I don't yeah. know. I just, <laughs> I hate brake jobs and, and, and greasy chassis shit and oil changes. I mean, it's the irony is I say, I don't like trucks because they're dirty. And then I hear all the truck guys like, I don't like equipment because it's dirty. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, man. It's <laughs> yeah, whatever. Teach their own, but, uh, and I'll, I'll do truck work for my good customers that have a few or they have some truck stuff or they got a truck broke down. We'll go out and do that for them. But do I take the uh, walk-in customers with trucks? Not really. I really tell them, I refer them to my buddies who do just do truck stuff. So, but, uh, yeah, anyways, going back to that, um, that shop that I was at, uh, they were like an independent shop and a lot of old school cat guys. Um, so, and that's who I learned under was a lot of like, uh, my first journeyman actually was 74 years old. Um, real, real old boy, great guy. Um, 
Wayne Pratt. He's like a legend, you know, and uh, yeah, I learned a lot under him. He, I, I met him when he was 74. I, I, that was 10 years ago. So he's in his eighties now. Right. And when I met him, the first thing we're doing is he's hopping up on a rock truck, you know, at 74 years old, get, just getting right into it, you know, like elbows deep on stuff. And uh, I just saw that. I was like, man, this guy, like, he, you know, he was worth more for his brain at that point. Right. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that was, uh, I admired that a lot. I was like, man, this guy is smart. This is what I want to get. I want to get like that, you know? So I worked with him and I'd always just be right in there with him. Like, like, Oh, what do you need Wayne? Like, wh- what should I be looking at next? You know, like instead of him getting in there, I'm just trying to get, I'm, he was one of those guys who would just do it himself, but he'd be like, Oh, I guess I should let you kind of, kind of <laughs> take the, the lead on this, you know? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Let me like, what do you need me to do? <laughs> what do I look at first? You know? Like get me in there, right? And uh, and I learned a lot from him, right? You know, and and uh, like his bread and butter back in the day was things like you know D eight Ks, nine eighty eight Bs, nine eighty Cs, Fs, that kind of stuff. Like all that generation of gear was his like bread and butter. He knew it inside and out. He's telling me how to take the steering clutches out of this D eight K that we did. Just you know, he memorized these jobs, right? And uh, yeah, no, it was it was a it was a privilege to learn under a guy like that, definitely. Um, got a lot of respect for those guys. Um, and, and that's something that a lot of guys don't get nowadays. It's really, it's kind of shitty because, uh, you know, I got into it right at the tail end when a lot of these old boys were retiring, they were done. And, uh, and that experience just kind of left and I tried to get as much as I could, but man, I, I don't think I got nearly, I, yeah, what I got out of them, they probably forgotten more. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. that, that old saying, right? Like I just, I tried to get as much as you can and you're like, it's this like fleeting thing. You're just trying to grab as much info as this comet's burning out kind of thing. You're like, oh, I'll just get as much as you can out of it. But, and then it's gone. And you're like, oh, I'm never going to get that back. I'm never going to, you know. So, you, you know what? It sucks, but uh, we try to pass on as much as we can to our guys now, too. Like, whatever I got out of them, I'm doing that with my guys, right? You know, so I learned a lot of, under a lot of really great guys I had mentor me. So, definitely thankful for that my other my other journeyman nick he uh i think well uh, i don't want to get too into it because i'll probably crack up but he passed away a few years ago or last year actually and uh yeah he was a he was another guy just legendary dude um could he could fix anything one of those guys and um yeah i worked with him for three years at uh, that independent shop kind of learned everything that i you know knew about the field was all from him doing those long days and, you know, 18 hour days and whatnot. And, and, uh, yeah, then they sold that, that shop that, uh, I worked at, they actually sold just, just after I quit and went to a dealer, they sold their business and it went from being a little mom and pop shop that was, you know, just renowned for their service and, and real, you know, personable service, right? Like you call and you get the owners, right? Mm -hmm. That's a huge thing for a lot of people. Yeah. And it went from that to being taken over by a larger, kind of OEM alternative independent shop, um, straight corporate, kind of big corporation, yeah. you know, big, big faceless corporation. Everyone's a number. They got bought. And from what I heard, just, it went downhill and everyone's like, man, you got out at the right time. And I was like, man, but I miss it. I miss that. I miss that place. I miss the guys. I miss the team. And, uh, you know, I was at the dealer at this point, right. I had my ticket, you know, Pollard, or it's not, not going to name the shop, but you can beep that up. <laughs> but the shop that I was at, 
<laughs> you want to time step? <laughs> I got you right here. 25, yeah. 30. <laughs> yeah. So the shop that I was, uh, that I used to be at there, that independent shop, they, um, yeah, they were, oh man, I lost my place there, but, uh, they were, they were a great, great place to work, man. And I missed that. I really missed that, that mentality, the, uh, you know, the way they treated customers, the way, the way the boys were treated in the shop too. And the way there was no, like, I've never had more approachable bosses than when I worked at that place. Yeah, you know, like if you're having an issue, you could go up to your boss and be like, Hey man, like, I'm not happy. You know, I'm, I, there's something going on here and I, I want to talk to you guys about it. Right. And, uh, I've never worked somewhere that's been that good since. Right. So, um, I went to the dealer. That was great. You know, but what kind uh, of it dealer? had its, you know, drawbacks too. And what's that? What kind of dealer? Um, well, I'll tell you the product lines we worked on yeah. and most people can probably figure that out from there, but <laughs> worked on a lot of tiger cat case and link belt, um, up here in Canada. And, uh, you know what they're, I'm not going to slag them or anything. They were actually a good place to work when I started there, especially they were really good. Um, you know, we had a good work life balance schedule. The pay was significantly higher, which was a big reason I left and went over there, which I'll tell you right now. It's not always about money. Don't go chasing the buck because I made 10 bucks an hour more switching to the dealer. That's a pretty big jump for us. Mm -hmm. Um, But I still missed where I was at. And if it was the same as when I was there, I would have gone back, you know, but you know, with it being bought out, everything changed. Right. So I was at the dealer for a couple of years though, and uh, things were good. You know, I never left because I was, uh, you know, miserable and it was corporate or anything like that. It just was more like, well, I missed where I was before and that doesn't exist anymore. So what do I do? I got to try to make it myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was a big thing for me. I was like, well, that place doesn't exist, you know? So what's the next best thing is I, uh, you know, I got some experience at the dealer and I decided, you know what, enough's enough. I'm going to do my own thing now. And I bought a, complete turd of a service truck an old 7.3 2000 i think just a pile of junk off the island <laughs> um and if you know anything about like the like island loggers like <laughs> like so bc is like what we were told when i was at the tiger cap dealers is that bc is the proving grounds for forestry equipment <laughs> everything just gets worked so hard um and uh stuff just gets shit kicked here like you wouldn't believe I know loggers are probably the hardest guys on gear in general, like anywhere. And then I'd say BC loggers out of all of them are probably the hardest. Um, we got big wood here, <laughs> right? So yeah, especially on the coast, we got big, big wood and, and everyone's running, running hard. So, you know, the, uh, this truck that I got was from this camp. It was a camp truck and, and it was never really street legal. So when I got it, I thought I could make it work and it just was, uh, yeah, this is this is a an interesting part of my story. Everyone wants to hear about how you start, right? Yeah, of course. So, you know, how I started on my own was I, I bought this shitbox truck. Thought I was making the right moves. Uh, <laughs> I dumped money into it. I pretty much had, you know, people always so and I'll I'll be pretty open with this. People always want to know, oh, how much did you have saved? How much did you spend? How much did you do this? What did this cost? So I left the dealer with maybe $25,000 saved in my bank account. And I spent like two thirds of that on this piece of shit truck. And the rest of it went into trying to fix that truck. Um, 
scrambling to get more tooling too because you don't realize how much stuff you don't have until you go on your own you think you're tooled up do you guys think you're tooled up oh man i spent like you know 60 80 grand on my tools i got everything i can go i can go on my own no dude there's another 60 to 80 grand you're going to spend after that in the first year or so you know you'll accumulate stuff and uh yeah i was spending so much and then i just i was poor i had no money (laughs) so and uh I, i remember I bought this truck and I couldn't even get it on the road because it was such a rust bucket. The cabinets had holes in it. Um, do you link uh, Instagram or anything like that? Do you care or what? Like oh, social media? Whatever you want to do, man. If people want to see this piece of shit, you can go on my Instagram and look at it and you'll yeah. see it's kind of way down near the bottom there. Yeah, I, I'll, uh, I, but, I'll definitely link you know, up, Link or When yeah, I shout it, you out, it'll link your Instagram <clears> and all that stuff. So Okay, yeah, no, that's good. I don't really care about the social media stuff too much, like getting followers and stuff. But if you guys want to see my first truck, it's on there and you can see what I was working with and kind of where we've come to. And, uh, yeah, dude, I sat there with, uh, I remember sitting one day, you know, two weeks after I quit my job, you know, good union job, good pay benefits, all that. I, I left and mid pandemic, mind you. Right. Are we allowed to say the P word and the C word and all that? I don't oh know. yeah. Well, we call this it's the spicy cuff for uh, the C word. Yeah, we won't get into it, but uh, <laughs> on that side of things, I like to avoid those conversations. But no, we I left this good paying union job mid-pandemic. It was like October 2022. And I remember sitting underneath this truck, looking at, at the rust on the frame and the holes in the frame and the holes in the boxes. And I'm just like looking at my bank account and I'm, I'm like broke and stupid and just like, what did I do? Why did I do this? I thought it was the right time. Maybe I should go and beg for my job back. I don't know what to do, man. And I was just panicking. I remember calling my dad and, uh, and my, my dad had owned a small cabinet shop before and he knew about, you know, business and how to kind of, you know, he knew some of the things, but not quite to, you know, like what I was dealing with, different trade, different industry. But I was talking to him. I was like, I don't know what to do, dad. I'm, I'm a big idiot. I just quit my job, you know, and I was just about to, you know, Coming into my third year working there, I would have had another week of vacation, I think, and <laughs> and all this stuff. And I'm just like, I was, I left making like forty six dollars an hour and all this stuff to do this, and I don't even have a truck to run. I can't even put tools in this thing; they'll fall through the floor. And I was, I was a bit in panic mode, and I was just kind of getting down on myself, man. I was like, I'm, I'm just stupid. What did I do? So many other guys have a better start. They're smarter. They save more because they weren't buying dirt bikes and dumb shit you know they were whatever and i was like whatever i'll make it work we'll figure it out and it was like okay you either can go beg for a job somewhere or you can get your shit together and figure something out so that's kind of what i did i got my shit together stopped crying and belly aching underneath my truck and rolled out and you know figuratively and literally dust myself off and move on and uh i ended up getting a rental service truck through this guy that I was subcontracting to. So I just worked it out through the wage. I was just making less money, but I was, you know, subcontracting. So I had the work, I had a rental, um, you know, and, and that was a good gig for a bit. Um, but I always wanted to just, I wanted to do my own thing, like a hundred percent mine. I wanted to own it. I wanted to own the trucks. I wanted to, to build something. And, uh, yeah, the subcontracting thing I did for a few months until, you know, things kind of went a little sour with some stuff here and there and, 
you know, it's it, just a difference in opinions, right? Like I was subcontracting, so they didn't like me doing my own thing on the side. And, and uh, Makes sense. yeah, it was kind of a bit of a weird situation, <laughs> especially because I only, I only rented his truck for a couple of months and then I bought my own, my first truck. You'll see it on my Insta as well. Uh, it's that 2015 Ford. So I bought that and still subbed with him for another three months. And then I figured, okay, well, I got my truck, you know, I got myself, myself tooled up and you know what, what's the harm in doing, you know, the odd job on a Saturday here and there. I was still giving them the priority. I was subcontracting them for significantly less than I was charging my, like my customers. And I wasn't taking his customers. I wasn't doing anything shady. You know, I try to be a pretty stand up guy with that as, you know, like it's, I would get calls from guys and be like, yeah, okay, I can come out on Saturday because I'm busy Monday to Friday with this stuff, right? With my, uh, my subbing job. And uh, I only did three jobs on the side total. Like I did a Saturday, like, I don't know, once in like, let's say January. I did another Saturday job in like March or something like that. And then another one a week later. And then they were just like, you know, the dude I was subbing to flipped out at me, flipped his lid, was like, you know, if you're going to go in moonlight and this and that. And I was like, dude, I didn't even know this was an issue. Are you serious? Like you're getting mad at me that I own my own truck and I'm not giving you a hundred percent of my billable hours. And they're my tools upset. too. What's that? And they're my tools too, fucker. They're my tools. It's my truck. I'm Ugh. paying insurance. I was paying all the bills on it. I was paying the payment and he wanted to dictate kind of how, I spent my time even on the weekends and I was like, Hey, this is a little bit, uh, I told him to, one of the big things I said, I was like, dude, if you want to, um, tell guys where to go and what to do with their stuff and, and you want to control guys that much, maybe you should look at hiring employees and putting them in trucks. You know, oh, I don't want that. I want to hire subcontractors. Like, yeah. Cause it's like convenient for you, but you know, as soon as it's not, then you can let go. Right. And you know, I've, I'm not going to, and I, I disagree with that scenario. He's a great mechanic. He's a great guy. Otherwise, just that one particular scenario, we didn't see eye to eye on and we moved on. And you know what? No hard feelings. I don't go out trying to steal his customers. I don't give a shit. There's enough work out there. If one of his customers happens to come to me and wants to deal with me, then whatever, you know, it's fair game. Mm-hmm. That's, that's life. That's business, <laughs> you know, but am I going out there trying to poach his customers? Nah, I don't, I don't need to do that. Right. And I do that same mentality with, pretty much everybody. I don't go out actively trying to take any competitors, customers, you know, I'll, you know, if somebody comes to me, then it's fair game because it's your, it's your customer to lose, man. And if they're coming to me, they're coming here for a reason. A lot of times, right? Exactly. So, yep. You know, but uh, yeah, so I started out a hundred percent on my own. I think that was about, I think it was in April of 2021. I was like a hundred percent independent. Um, I branded myself, you know, I've always had blue tech since I started the business in October, 2020, I started with blue tech equipment, but I never put my name or anything on the truck, never advertised, never did anything. And then as soon as, um, yeah, when I went 100% solo, it was okay, let's get the truck wrapped. And, and, uh, yeah, I put my branding on it and kind of made cards and stickers and whatever, and just started pounding the pavement and, trying to, uh, you know, I, I say tried to stay busy, but really the, the work kind of came to me, especially at the beginning. Um, and, uh, yeah, just kind of never looked back. That was kind of the start. So, yeah. And you'll see it on the Insta when we got the truck wrapped, it's, uh, you know, I was super stoked. We got it wrapped and it was funny cause that as I was sitting 
at the shop getting the truck, like designing the wrap. I had the dude I used to subcontract to. He's calling me off the hook. And I know he wanted to scream at me for something because it was the day after that I left. I got the truck wrapped. <laughs> so, yeah, because, you know, things blew up on the Friday, the, the Saturday. And so I called my wrap guys, you know, Saturday they blew up at me. Sunday I called my wrap guy. I'm like, hey, man, can we sit down and like finish something up, like do a wrap on this thing? Because I was going to do just a generic whatever, non-branded wrap on the truck just to dress it up and whatever. And then he's like, yeah, sure, come in Monday. So Monday I'm there sitting in the office doing the wrap with him, and my phone's ringing off the hook from my old boss, if you want to call him boss. But, you know, he's blowing up my phone, and I'm sitting there designing my wrap for my my branding and my truck and got it wrapped the next day. <laughs> so it's all, it all happened really quick. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Kind of just kept, uh, always trying to push to do the next thing was a big thing for me. So I got my, uh, my truck on the road and started just me and some customers and staying busy with them and kind of growing until it was like, man, I got a lot of, I got a lot of shit on the go. I got to figure something out because I don't like working. Contrary to what people think, I don't like working 18 hours a day every day, seven days a week. I mean, maybe the channel shows that and people <laughs> think we got no life, but I do have a family and a little boy at home. So I like to go home to them, right? At a decent time too. But uh, the work also needs to get done, right? So yeah. yeah, a lot of early days, late nights, weekend work. And it's still like that. I mean, I'm out on a Saturday. I did jobs this morning. I literally did two jobs on my way here. And uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, over the last couple of years since then, we've built up and put more trucks on the road. Um, there's a, a demand and I try to fill it, essentially. That's the simplest way to put it. I saw like, okay, if I'm working 80 hours a week or more sometimes, like I can put someone in a truck and at least cut off like, <clears throat> you know, 20, 30 hours on myself, Right. And, uh, that's a question I get a lot is how do you do it with multiple guys? And how, you know, like, Oh, you must be making so much money is another one. <laughs> a lot of guys like, Oh, you must be making so much money with all these trucks and shit on the road. And this is something I do. I think I put it in a little questionnaire was like, I want to talk to guys about the whole independent thing and growing and all that. Cause it's great. I love it. I could never go back, but I, I really think guys got to get, uh, get the reality that uh, you're not raking in the dough like you think you are. You are and you aren't, right? Like you're going to make good money, probably more than when you're at the dealer or whatever. Um, you know, to start, especially your first, I found my first year was my most profitable per hour worked. Um, probably but when you start adding employees. I'm sure you, you were know, just busting your ass your first yeah. year, like just work, 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 work. Oh, and that's it. Your first year, you'll work your ass off. Mm -hmm. Maybe first two years until you, you know, get the courage to kind of step out and do that next step, whether it's buying another truck or just, you know, some guys will just, instead of growing, they'll kind of plateau. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, like they'll say like, okay, look, I got my customer base. I'm not going to take any more. I'm going to sit here, do 50, 60 hours a week, <laughs> maybe, I don't know, probably more a lot of times, but because we never... We're always yes men. I see that uh, as a common thing as a lot of us are yes men, but you know, they'll do their 50, 60 hours a week and just kind of, you know, or they'll get on with like one or two big clients and they'll just keep them happy. Right. And, and that's great. That's a great way to do it. You'll make a lot of money. Um, every year you got low overhead. You only got one truck to take care of. Only got one person to deal with and that's yourself. And you know, it's uh you can be the easiest and hardest person to deal with sometimes too, I find, but uh 
Yeah. You know, that's the one thing that you can do that a few different ways. Right. So there's, there's being an independent mechanic and then there's being a business owner and they are two different things. You know, is that, if that makes sense to guys, I, you know, so, um, going back to myself, just, you know, we were, we were growing and I decided to take on more trucks and more work and bring guys on board. And, uh, you do, obviously you're bringing in more revenue, but your expenses go up quite a bit. So that's something you gotta be kind of, you know, prepared for is that you start floating a lot more. You have a lot more bigger jobs coming. You're, you're spending a lot of money to tool guys up. Now you got three trucks to tool up. Let's say you got three times the amount that you're paying and, um, you know, you got payroll, all that stuff. You got expenses like your, for us, we got things like it's called CTP, um, and EI and all these other expenses that just come out like your pension plans, the Canadian pension plan, your, your EI premiums and your work safe. And like work safe is like our insurance that the government makes you buy essentially. Makes so you buy. All your employees are insured. Right. So <laughs> you guys have similar things, I think. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm, yeah, we have everything like that. Like we have retirement and all that stuff, but we have to provide our own insurance. That's the only thing that's different, like health insurance, Yeah, which most companies provide, but half the time it's stupid expensive and it ain't worth the fuck. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I mean, a lot but, of these are expenses that, you know, they don't come out technically. I mean, they, you know, your employee pays some of that, but you got to, you got to remit all this stuff. So you think you have all this money in the bank and then you're like, Oh yeah. But like 30,000 of that is going to somewhere else. (laughs) So it's not actually your money. It came in as yours. (laughs) No, it's got to go up. But uh, there's a lot of, you know, expenses like that that come up and you just gotta, you just gotta have a good bookkeeper is a really important one, you know, and you gotta be on top of it. Know your, know your stuff in and out. But uh, so I actually have a question Uh, as a, as a business owner, I've seen some of your videos where you have a guy riding along with you and he works with you. Is he, is that like an apprentice? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's my apprentice Carson. He's uh for, well, he, when I hired him, he was green, like super green. Like mm-hmm. didn't know, didn't know shit. I mean, he could spin a filter. That's, you know, and that was what I needed. Somebody to spin filters. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I so, saw uh, just a couple things on that. Like, uh, obviously, I forget how it, how it works out. You, you have to have certifications to work in the trades, correct? Uh, mm-hmm. In order to do it. Um, if you wanted to have an apprentice, do you have to be certified or get, you know, all your stuff in order to train an apprentice? Or can you just go and start your own business <clears throat> and decide, you know, oh, I'm knowledgeable enough. I can train this guy. Or how does this all work? Yeah. So, in, uh, in Canada, it's a little different. Um, I know there's always these debates on, on Facebook about like, you know, red seals versus not. And like, Oh, it's just some communist bullshit. <laughs> it's, um, it's a good thing to have. Like you guys do have certifications for a lot of traits. You just don't for heavy equipment for whatever reason. Uh, right. We, we have like, our, you can, if you work at a dealership, yeah, you get certified, you know, but that's more for yeah. warranty. But if I, and that's like, that's like equipment specific, right? Yeah. Yeah. But like, yeah, if I didn't work, like say I, I did automotive, I, I started an automotive, I did it for 10 years and I didn't get any certifications or anything 
the guy that hired me, he just trained me. I did an apprenticeship, tech, quote unquote, but no, no, no seal or <clears throat> nothing at the end of yeah. the four years. So it's a lot different. And then I just jumped yeah. straight into heavy equipment and no experience. Yeah. So you guys have ASE, right? Yeah, yeah. That's that's the big one in automotive, right? Yeah, so and I never got our equipment anymore. would be um, like you're just a Red Seal automotive guy, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Automotive technician, automotive service tech, whatever they, their technical term is. I don't. I think it's AST for us. Mm. I don't know, but um, so we have the same thing just for heavy equipment. So there's actually three or four different uh, Red Seal trades in that, which I kind of disagree with this mentality with Red Seal. So. It used to be you were a Red Seal heavy duty mechanic and that encompassed everything from working on trucks, like commercial to anything with a diesel engine, um, commercial trailer, truck, whatever, that kind of stuff, off highway equipment and even like heavier automotive stuff was like under that kind of umbrella. Like you could. You know. So the idea was um, like the heavy duty mechanic, let's say at a, at a logging camp. He worked on everything. He worked on the chainsaws all the way up to the gear you know, the bunchers, everything, logging trucks, whatever. There was no specialties and sub trades and all that. And uh, I say I don't like working on trucks. I'll still work on trucks. I know mm -hmm. how to. Um, but uh, now they've got it kind of watered down into three different main trades. And then there's like, so it, so it goes, there's heavy equipment, service tech or heavy or off highway technician or something stupid. I don't know. They come up with dumb names for it. <laughs> it should, to me, it should just be either a, a heavy equipment mechanic or uh, we can get a technician mechanic thing later. <laughs> I'll tell you my thoughts on it, uh, <laughs> but we'll get into the, we'll, we'll talk about that after, but uh, I get distracted easily. So heavy equipment <laughs> mechanics, commercial truck mechanics. And then there's, um, a smaller one, it's, all, it's a year less. So these are four-year courses, commercial and heavy duty. They're technically four years. I did mine in two and a half because I get fucking overtime like you wouldn't believe when you're starting out too, right? Oh, so it's You can like, burn through all your hours, right? So you have to have a certain amount of hours is what it is. You need hours. It oh, doesn't okay. matter how long it takes you, but I got, essentially, I got four years worth of hours in like two years, two and a half years. <laughs> and then the problem is just getting the schooling because there's waiting lists to get in these courses, right? The first year is the hardest one because there's so many ding-dongs that just want to do it and they don't realize how what the trade's actually like. So you got a big lineup for first year. And then these kids get into it and they're like, oh, shit, I don't want to actually do this. Oh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm rather go and work at Starbucks or something, right, or whatever. And, um, you know, so first year's hard. Second year's a little difficult too. But then afterwards, third and fourth, they're usually fairly low waiting list because there's not a lot of guys by that point. The attrition rate, you know what I mean, is like, guys have kind of like decided whether or not after two, three years, if they want to keep with the trade. So there's a lot less people kind of getting into it or, you know, finishing it as when they started. So every year, technically you go back to school for a few weeks. Um, first year is about 10, eight to 10 weeks. Second year course is about, you know, six, seven weeks, depending on the school and third and fourth year, about four weeks, four or five weeks. So every year you go back, the idea is you do your hours and then you go back to school and you're essentially tested on what you've learned. That's the, uh, that's the testing side of it, right? You know, did you actually learn what you were supposed to learn in that year? You know, and you do that for four years. Um, for me, I did my first year um, at the quarry and then went to school, got let go right after, like we said. <laughs> and then I did my second, third and fourth year at that independent shop. 
And uh, I did second year pretty much right away. When I got to that shop, I told him, hey, look, like I've got my hours. I want to, you know, if I can go to second year, like would you guys let me go to second year, right? Because it is up to the shop too to let you go or not because they might need you. You're gone for two months essentially. So, you know, you can't just go start a job and be expected. Like, hey, uh, by the way, I'm leaving next month for like two months. (laughs) But you talk to them and like, you know, they, they obviously, I think they saw something worth investing into. So when I started there, they said, yeah, sure, go ahead. I know you're signed up for school or whatever. And I think actually I, I was signed up and then I actually delayed it because they said they came to me and said, hey, we know you're supposed to go now, <laughs> but could you put it off for a few more months? And I was really bummed because I was scheduled to go with all my buddies that I went to first year with. Um, but, uh, you know, because you get to know a lot of these guys when you do your schooling together yeah. and you see them a year later. Some of them you kept in touch with, like my one buddy, we we kept in touch and just go dirt biking together and, and all that. But, uh, you know, I was a little bummed out because my second year course, I missed the I missed that that um, course and all my buddies went to school. They're all sending me pictures and shit. They're like, Bastards. oh, yeah, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, too bad you weren't here, whatever. But uh, sending me, you know all kinds of fun pictures and whatnot, but I delayed my schooling for that year, but then I made a deal with them that I could do third and fourth back to back. And that's how I got it done so quickly is that instead of doing the, um, you know, the every year I had all my hours, I just needed to get into school. Right. So at about, you know, two and a half years into it, I got into the third year course. I did that. And while I was at third year, I went and talked to the school while I was like literally at school. I just went down to the admissions office. I was like, Hey, do you guys have any open spots in fourth year coming up? And they're like, actually there's two spots available for the next course. It starts two weeks after yours finishes. I'm like, okay, can I, I stick my name in there and do it? And they're like, yeah, you got to you know put a deposit, or whatever. So I just did it. Didn't ask permission yet from uh, my employer, <laughs> but you know what? I was willing to lose a deposit if I had to, yeah. it didn't matter. It didn't matter to me. I was like, Hey, if they'll let me go great. If not, whatever. I lose a few hundred bucks. And it was a, to me, a, a risk worth taking on my career. So I called my boss and I was like, Hey, can I, uh, can I do my school back to back here? Would you guys mind? I'll be back for two weeks to catch up with you guys. But is that cool if I go back to school right away? And they're like, you know what? You delayed it once. We don't want you to do it again. Give her, go ahead, go back to school. So, uh, that fourth year, do, do you technically have to be employed? To go to the schooling? Yes. And that's the sponsorship I was talking about. Okay. To do all this stuff, you can't just go there because you feel like you want to be a mechanic. I got you. (laughs) You got to have a sponsor. What you were saying, uh, it just didn't make sense to me. I'm like, well, you have to talk to your boss. Okay. You have to do this and that. Okay. Now it makes sense to me. So Yeah. Sorry. So to to do the Red Seal thing, you have to have a sponsor. mm -hmm. That's just essentially just somebody that's willing to train you and sign off on your hours saying, yeah, you legitimately work those 2000 something hours this year. That's, you know, that's about it. And then there's three parts to getting your ticket. There's your school, there's your hours, and then there's your employer recommendation. Those are the three big parts to it. Right. Yeah. So I had two out of those, you know, I got my school, I got my hours and I came back from fourth year after writing, we call it the IP, which is your interprovincial red seal exam. We all call it IP for short. Um, but you write the IP and you either pass or fail. It's like 70% to pass. And uh, I think I actually passed first try, which was, I was like, everyone sweats bullets with that. But then you get into it and you're like, oh, this isn't that, that bad. Yes, I was going to ask you, is it pretty tough? 
it, testing. So here's the thing, man. I don't, I don't look down on anybody that's had to do multiple attempts or hasn't done well on it because I know some really, really great mechanics. Um, my one buddy took like four or five attempts to pass. Um, and he's a phenomenal mechanic. So this is the thing about the IP and this is where guys get worked up about the red seal is that, Oh, like anyone can pass it. It's like, yeah, some guys can pass it. Some guys test well, some guys don't, you know, we already talked about, like, we're not really, you know, um, learned, you know, book smarty, uh, what do you want to call it? Post-secondary types, right? Like we don't do tests normally day to day, but going to the test, thinking of it as a diagnostic problem, you know, maybe that might help you. I mean, that's what I do. I go into it and a little tip for people that do test, like trades guys, especially just like the way they teach you to study when you're in school is fucking stupid. Um, like learning the wrong answers and shit. Like, so it's multiple choice or multiple guess, whatever you prefer. Um, and you go through the answers. Like we would have like tests, like practice tests. And um, I would always cross out, like black out all the wrong answers on the practice test and just look at the right answer, right? So if the right answer is B, only have B on there. Like the, you know, uh, questions would be like, oh, on a, um, uh, fuck, I'm trying to even think of these questions now. But some of these questions are really, really just worded fucking weird. And three of the answers look right. One looks completely wrong. And out of those three, two of them are pretty close. And one is the right one, right? So what you do, the key I found was to get rid of all the wrong answers when you're in your, your practice tests and don't even study them. Don't even look at them because as soon as you go and look at the question, you'll see one of those answers will look a little more right to you. It'll, it'll stick out more because you studied the right answers. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's a great way to, to study for any test. Honestly, if it's multiple choice or just any test in general, just obviously don't study the wrong material, but they'll give you a practice test with the wrong three wrong answers and one right one. Don't even look at the wrong answers. Right. I mean, it's like troubleshooting, man. Like, don't even look at the wrong thing. Like, fuck. It's a- <laughs> I'm really bad with testing. Like, I have, yeah. I'm really bad. Like, it took me a couple of tries to get my permit just to get my CDL license. Yeah. Uh, it, I'm just very bad at it. Even getting my certifications, I did really well on all my deer training and stuff, but I, I struggled on the excavators for some reason. And it was yeah. tough, but, um, do you mind if we take a break real quick? I got to take a leak really bad. Yeah, dude. Give her, I got to go too. <laughs> I'll be like right back. I'm leaving that in now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we're back. There's the music. I'll put that in later. I might just leave that. Uh, yeah. So I have. Man, you got the voice for it. <laughs> Does anyone ever tell you you got that smooth radio voice? I see. You got I, a face for radio? I, no. That, yeah, <laughs> I get that go. one. Um, <laughs> No, people, people say I have a good voice for this. I think every time I listen back to everything, I think I sound like a complete retard. I shouldn't have used that you word. Want, you want to know something? The first time I saw myself back on, on camera, like watching that episode, I was like, I don't, I'm a fucking knob. People are going to watch this and see that. <laughs> Fuck. And everyone's like, no, man, it's really good. It's fine. Don't worry about it. That's, that's how you are in person every day. I was like, really? That's how I'm in every day? Fuck. I'm sorry. Yes, <laughs> that's how I am now. So apologize. You got this image and this the way you think you sound in your mind is actually a lot different than how you are mm-hmm. in like to other people. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So just stick with it and run because I don't know. That's how you sound to me, and it sounds fine. You got that voice. Sound good. Um, I was gonna try to uh, blend in with you guys and do the like Texas uh, American accent, but <laughs> it's fucking atrocious, man. 
Jesus, yeah. don't do it. I won't do it. Don't worry. <laughs> I like my Canadian accent. Even so I say we don't have accents. You guys do. Everybody says like here in the United States that you guys say like out and about weird. Do we sound weird to you when we say out and about and other words? Um, here's the thing. I think to us, a lot of, a lot of Canadians, Americans don't really sound weird in the sense that like it's not, it doesn't throw us all like, Oh, that's a weird way to say about. <laughs> Did I just say it weird? I don't know. Weird to me, but okay. So, I mean, cause we watch a lot of American TV. So that's kind of just, we hear it on fucking Grey's Anatomy or, uh, what other, one of my favorite shows is there, uh, the OC, you know, like those shows, like, I'd hear a lot of that. <laughs> OC. I'm like, what the fuck is that? I don't even know. The OC? No, I'm just oh. fucking with you. That's like an old fucking teeny bopper show from like way back, isn't it? So I, I, don't I, I just, I just started getting into. Everybody kept trying to force it down my neck, and uh, I don't know if it's <clears throat> if it's a good show to you or funny, but Letter Kenny. Oh, I thought you were going to say Yellowstone. Oh, fuck that. Uh, <laughs> Montana. <laughs> Letterkenny, I, I just started yeah. getting into it. It took me a while, but I actually think it's fucking hilarious. But you like Letterkenny? I like uh, I like Jared Kiso. He's pretty fucking funny. Yeah, it's and good. That's about very dry Canadian humor. Yes. Like we're On the way he stands like, like this. Oh, dude, it's he's fucking- got like the fucking traps up to his ears just like kind of <laughs> yeah it's it's so funny like everybody kept saying you got to watch it you got to watch it and i'm like yeah. no it looks stupid but then if I started, you like that i definitely try watching shorzy shorzy i heard about that too Shorzy's even, i like shorzy better than letter kenny it's a little more up like faster pace uh you know letter kenny's great it's just it is kind of slow pace it's kind of like corner gas or like those shows where it's just you ever see corner gas Probably not. No, that's another Canadian comedy that it went for a long time, but it takes a little bit for the humor to kind of build up, and then there it is. You know what oh, I mean? Like, okay. yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not just slapstick one shot humor. It's like you're watching this, and you're seeing these guys' personalities, and that's the that's the comedy in it, right? No, but we we're watching more of like The Office or Parks and yeah. Rec. We watch that type of shit. You know, it's oh, kind I like of, Parks and Rec in The Office. Yeah, yeah, those, those are, are funny. Anyway, uh, I kind of want to jump back to what we were talking about before a little break. Uh, just one more yeah. question, and I've kind of talked about it with the other guys. If <clears throat> I, as an American, wanted to move to Canada because I love maple syrup and mooses, and is it meese or moose or mice? Plural is meese. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, if I wanted to move there and play hockey, you know, in my free time. Let's just say you wanted me to come work for you. How would that work not being certified or going through an apprenticeship? Not being able to skate, you're talking about? Yeah, that too. I don't know how to ice skate. No, I'm talking about working for you. Um, Would I be able to come work for you, first of all, at a decent pay? Or would I have to go and start as an apprentice, And even though I have all the experience? Yeah. Okay. Let's get into it. See, I um, told you, you might not be able to answer it. <laughs> I can answer it all, man. Whether, whether people are going to like it or not, I don't really care. Cause I got my answer for that. So yeah, I mean, I could take on somebody now I'm actually going to put a job posting out soon, but uh, yeah, I looking for people. It's, I don't know how hard it is for Americans to come into Canada, but uh, if you wouldn't have, you don't have any, certification any of that shit that honestly doesn't really matter um 
too much. If you got experience, that's a huge thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I work with a couple of really great guys, um, the other contractors. They're not, uh, they don't work for me, but they're just contractors who will do jobs together occasionally. And they're not ticketed either. Like they just, they grew up in the bush essentially just with their dads working on stuff. Same thing. Just, you know, um, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of towns here in Canada, like old logging towns, that's where I grew up. So they just kind of grew up around it. So they got the experience and then they just never went to school because there was no need for them to, they always had a job and were making decent money. And, you know, the only thing is the, the only, if he goes to get a job, let's say at a dealer, hmm. he wouldn't, um, he wouldn't get top pay. He wouldn't get his, his ticketed journeyman pay, whatever. Right. Like honestly, even if he's performing better than the other guys, which kind of sucks, but um, my pay though, like my shop, our, our business, I pay guys based on performance and experience. And like, I, I see what the guys bill out. And here's another thing for guys thinking about hiring you don't, um, you can offer guys like 60 bucks an hour, all this fantabulous shit. But when it comes down to it, you start billing his hours out, you're going to find out really quick if he's worth that or not. Um, yeah. And that's something that a lot of guys think they're worth a lot more, um, than, uh, than they are. Honestly, <laughs> I've seen it a few times now, but you get the guys that are worth a lot more than, you know, you might be able to pay them, which is the opposite problem, right? Like I, you know, I don't want to say this because my I don't know if my guys are listening to this, but man, I got I got some really great guys. If I could pay them more, I would honestly. Like, it's just my pay scale is also a balance of what can we afford as a business. So, our rate essentially is broken up into thirds, and a third goes to the cost of the truck and tooling. A third goes to the employee um, as pay, right, as their wage, and a third goes to um, uh, the business as profit, right. I mean, 30% profit margin is very typical, 33, you know, 35%. Yeah. Yep. That's what I shoot for. And so out of all those three factors, you got to think about it. What ones are not going to change? The cost of operating the truck, right? Because the maintenance and the tooling and any little thing like that comes out of that third. And the guy's wage, I'm not going to not pay a guy, even if he does a shit job or even if he has a warranty and he has to go back and fix his fuck up, he gets paid. Right. Yeah. So now out of those three factors, the one that eats, uh, the one that I have to eat is the business's profit. That's where everything comes out. So when the job goes sideways there, I'm, I'm eating that profit. You know, when, uh, when a job takes too long and I, you know, it's a 500 hour service on something and things just whatever, for whatever reason, he was just slow. And, you know, I, I'm not going to bill out 12 hours on that job. <laughs> Even if he was there all fucking day, I don't care. Right. Like, it is a mix of hourly and per job, right? Like yeah. we don't flat rate stuff, but I'm also not going to bill you all day on a job that should have been done in four or five hours, right? I know what these jobs take. I'm sure you do too. You know how long it should take to swap a turbo on a deer mm-hmm. on a, you know, on a 470G. It's, you know, is it 12, 12 hours? No, maybe a broken bolt or some studs or something. Maybe, maybe but like, you know what these jobs take, right? So... If there's anyone in that factor that's going to eat, it's the business. Like if it's going to eat the loss, it's the business, not the guy and not the truck. I can't change those costs. So you see when you start building these jobs that it's like, okay, I can, I can pay this guy this much because on average, he's got about 60 to 70% efficiency, meaning that 
out of a hundred hours he's working, I can bill 70, which is, you know, that's average. I'd say that's an average guy. He does a hundred hours, let's say on a pay period, he's got about 70, 80 billable hours, right? That means like wasted time at the shop from him just fucking around cleaning his truck out for, for too long. I can't bill all that to a customer, right? You know, picking up parts and stopping for lunch and all this other stuff. I pay my guys start to finish for the day. There's no lunch breaks um, per se. Like take a lunch by all means. I'm not a slave driver. Go grab a lunch, go, go eat, you know, 15 minutes here, 30 minutes there, whatever, um, you know, and you get paid for it, you know, and a lot of times I, I buy the guy's lunch. You know, so there's little perks like that, but, uh, you know, there's no hour long lunch break in the middle of your day that, you know, if you want to do that, then it's unpaid, obviously, but I don't, you know, essentially I leave a lot of freedom up to the guys too. Like if you've got an appointment in the middle of the day, give her, go ahead, you know, duck out. Um, and just, you know, I don't even ask them to like make it up. It's just, I know if they're productive guys or not, then there's a lot more kind of leniency there, but if they're a foot dragger and everybody else has to pick up the slack then it's kind of hard to, um, you know, to, to accommodate their requests all the time. You know what I mean? Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those things that everybody overvalues themselves a, a little bit, you know, every, obviously everyone wants to get, everyone wants to make a living, man. Everyone wants to have nice things and own nice shit and whatever. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a tough, and it's a real, it's a kind of a reality check for guys, but as a business owner, yeah, I'd, I'd love to pay everybody top rate, even if they're not worth it and all this stuff, just because I want to be a good place to work. But the reality is I need productive guys. We got to be firing on all cylinders as a business. You know what I mean? If I got four guys, we got to have all four productive, right? Of course. You can't climb a hill with three, three out of four cylinders. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah, no, but. definitely. I, I don't know if that answered the complete question. Was there any part I didn't answer? I was just wondering if I could come there and work if I ever wanted to and not have yeah, to come be certified. On up, man. <laughs> yeah, why not? You can come and do a couple ride-alongs and see how it goes. And Dude, I would I would love to just come up there and see how the logging industry is, you know, compared to here <laughs> and stuff like yeah. that, just to come visit. But like I told you off the air, I can't make that happen yet. <laughs> no. No, but uh, when you can, come up. We'll uh, take you out. Definitely. definitely. That'd be fun. You know? Yeah. Uh, so I guess going off of the independence thing, uh, you obviously have right here. Is it, is it all that it's cracked up to be? Is it all that it's cracked up to be being independent? Yeah. The big dream. Every mechanic wants to buy their own truck and make the big bucks, right? You guys all want to do that. You all tell me how, how you want to, you know, be your own boss and make your own hours and make all the monies. But, uh, <laughs> there you go. There's a picture of what I've been <laughs> researching. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's, I'll tell you what, it's, I don't want to shit on people's dreams because it's a great, it's a great thing if you want it. Just know the realities of it. Like I said before, when we started out, um, I told you my reality. It was, I was fucking panicking and I've had a lot of, you know, it's, it's had its ups and downs. Um, I couldn't go back, put it that way. I wouldn't go back to a job. You'd have to give me a pretty hefty salary to make me want to give up on this. And the thing is I make, personally, I make less, like I, I bring home less money now than when I was uh, at the dealer. Like, you know, if I'm being completely honest and guys like honesty, you know, people want to hear that shit. 
people want to know is like, is it worth it? Like, are you making the money and do you have a giant house and does your wife drive a new Escalade and all that shit? No, we don't. We drive a RAV4. I got a 2006 GMC. Um, all my money goes back into the business. That's a huge thing. So when I said that third goes to the business, that goes to the business. Um, if, uh, you know, if we need a new truck or we need a new welder and we need something that goes right back to the business. Um, <clears throat> my payout, I tell the guys too, is like my payouts in the long run. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. I'm playing that long game, man. Um, well, you're only so, only three years into it too, man. I mean, yeah. you've got a lot more room <laughs> for, you know, improvement, yeah. payout, whatever you want to call it. So, yeah. Well, and then I see that too. It's like, I've only gotten three years into this and, and I've seen what I can do in three years. So I'm like, okay, what can I do in five? What can I do in 10? Mm -hmm. Is it going to be, I'm hoping it'll be worth it. You know, exactly. that's my big thing. Yep. And well, I say everyone should do this. No, definitely not. There's a lot of really stressful times and you know, there's a, it's risk versus reward, which I think Robin said that exact phrase last time there when I, I just listened to that one. And I was like, man, I say that all the time. Shit, this guy's saying all this kind of stuff that I say all the time. Like, what am I going to talk about? <laughs> what am I? Yeah, really, they talk about all my shit. I'm like, well, fuck, whatever. If you guys want to talk about like hockey and mountain bikes? We'll talk about that. But uh, yeah, <laughs> but risk versus reward is a big thing. So, are you happy where you're at at the dealer or at your job or wherever? Are you making enough to to be content? Like, what more do you think you're going to get out of being independent? You know, is it the money? Because I mean, you can, there's ways to make money. Like we all know that it's, mm -hmm. it's a, there's ways to make money. You know, you can be independent. You can be a, a one man show and drive your truck around and you'll keep more of that, but think about it in the sense of thirds as well. It's the same thing. So now you guys do this thing where they go out, they buy a cheap truck like I did. And they're like, well, my overhead's low, man. My truck's paid for. I don't need to charge a lot. I don't need to do this. I don't, I can, you know, these guys are all charging 165 an hour. I'll charge 120 an hour and get all the work. Good for you. You're just shorting yourself in yeah, the long run, yeah, really. Exactly. You know, if you're if you're busy because you're cheap, that's the wrong reason to be busy. I've said that a lot too to guys. Um, but uh, the other thing too, you're shorting yourself for the future. How do you come up when you decide? Like you realize after about a year of doing that, being Mr. Cheap Guy, Mr. Mr. Pirate, whatever, coming in under everybody and and running your cheap paid off truck while your truck blows up one day, what do you do? Yeah. You know, you got to buy a new truck, mm -hmm. maybe not brand new, but you got to buy another one and you probably weren't billing enough to really put much away or maybe you were, but now all that profit that you should have made clear has gone into your truck. Right. Now the other back. side of that too is I, I run a lot of newer trucks as well. Like my oldest one's a 15. Yeah. Um, and those are all ex dealership trucks, like owned by dealers maintained and everything. So, and then I got a brand new 2023 that we just bought first new truck. And, you know, it's nice to, I hate to say it. It's nice to have new things, man. It's nice to have newer, cleaner stuff. It looks good on site. Yep. It's presentable. It gets you onto bigger jobs. A lot of times too, not just the truck, obviously the skills got to be there too, but really who's going to bring uh, my old clapper, man, I, I get laughed off sites that I go to now. I wouldn't be welcome there if I'm breaking down on my truck and shit too. So, so there's that, right? There's that side of it. And guys will disagree with that. I don't really care. Look at some of the bigger guys out there doing it and see what, what are they running, you know? And uh, presentation's a big thing, but just able to show up reliably and do the job is another one, right? I mean, 
I don't want to get into this kick of like, everybody thinks I need to have a brand new truck either. Uh, that's not what I'm saying. It's just, you know, it costs money to, to do this. And if you're shorting yourself and you got that mentality that all oh, everything's paid for, I don't need to make a lot. You know, I'm happy making this. You're shorting yourself. You're devaluing the industry as well. Cause you know, <laughs> if everyone starts doing that, then market value for a mechanic starts going down and dude, we already know we're all underpaid. Um, you know, I hate to say that it's a bit, it, it's true. We're all undervalued as independents, right? When the dealers are charging out this 200 plus an hour up here, like they're charging out 250 an hour, give or take. Yeah. And we're a hundred bucks an hour less on average here. And yet we show up faster where a lot of us are ex dealer guys. Um, I have the same equipment and tooling as the dealer. The only thing I don't have is, you know, is the OEM support. I don't have a, I don't have DTAC. <laughs> for all that's good for yeah you know i've, I've done the same thing where like you got these uh you know the uh, the oem's technical support team behind you and it's like yeah dude this is about as uh tits on a bull right you know but <laughs> yeah you know that's that's the thing right so charge more know your worth when you're doing this if you want to go on your own hit the ground like hit the ground running and, and do it like be I don't know. Start off strong. You know what I mean? Like start higher, honestly. And if you're not busy at all, then, then drop it down go talk to some people and say, Hey, look, you know, I'm, uh, I'm starting out. Is there, you know, you can knock on doors. Don't be afraid yeah. to do that. If you're, you know, especially if you're new in an area or something, but, uh, definitely err on the side of being higher than the rest, not lower. And that's what I, that's what I do. That's how I started was everyone's charging around, you know, this, I'm going to go like 10% higher and see what happens. Hmm. And it worked out. I was busy. I was, I'm still busy. And when everyone else is, you know, kind of humming and on, I'm like, I'm raising my rate. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're busy. Let's raise the rate next year. Um, and you know what, dude, it's let me do, it's, it's gotten me to where we're at because, you know, we're always pushing that and we're not ripping people off, dude. We give good service. We show up on time. We, we, we have the diagnostic tooling, the the knowledge and all that. we got a great team behind us. So here's the thing, and this isn't to shit on being independent, but versus an independent versus the dealer. So we're faster than a dealership a lot of times. Um, we care a lot more because you, you call us and you get me. You get the owner of the yeah, company. Like yeah. we talked with Paul or, or with uh, – we talked about with that other shop there, <laughs> that any make, any model, any time, yeah. you know, the service mentality that, you know – will wear yes men all that you know that's what guys want and the dealers they don't really give that anymore that's kind of gone by the wayside and then all these little independents they they might give it but they're also one guy a lot of times and they don't have support behind them or they're a little bit limited on resources so that was where i kind of came into it thinking like okay hey, i'm going to try to build a little bit bigger of a team and have a little more than just me driving around in a truck because it's great being independent is fun. It's all, it's whatever, but by it's, it's also very lonely if that makes sense. And I don't mean that in the sense of like, Oh man, I'm fucking sad and alone in my truck all the time. It's like, man, I need help and I have no one to lean on. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't know how to do this. You know, I don't know what to, what to look for on this machine. Cause I've never seen this before and I got no one to call. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause I was, I was telling you before, like my journeyman that I used to call all the time um nick he passed away last year right so there goes 
the only one of the only guys that I could like kind of lean on, right? And what I found too over the years was I always get other independent guys calls and other guys calls for like the the fleet mechanics working at places were calling me and I think Robin even touched on this. He's like being their tech support, you know, like, like, Hey man, how do I do this? How do I do that? And you're like, uh, you know what? I could help you, but I'm going to have to see the problem in person, man. I'm going to have to come there and look, I'm not going to, I can't do this over the phone. Yep. And I started having to push that down and kind of say like, look, I'll, I'll, I'll help these guys out really good customers. That's one thing, but just the random calls and stuff here, I just had to start pushing those and saying, look, I can, I can come there later on tomorrow or whatever, you know, but I'm not going to be troubleshooting that shit on the phone. I don't have time for that. I think I'm going to be your tech support. I think I'm going to my own best tech support. Make a, a a certified wrench like sticker and just yeah. put a, make a, a crystal ball. Like, because I get, I get asked a lot of questions too, like through the podcast. Yeah. I've been approached so many times. I'm like, look at this is what I think. You know, I haven't messed with one of those machines in quite a while, but you know, this is what you should be seeing. I believe from what I can remember, I need to yeah. see the machine in person, you know, and they're yeah. in Washington and, and I'm in Texas type thing, you know, so I'm sorry. I can't help you. I apologize. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, well, well, and that's where it gets difficult when you're on your own, right? Yeah. You know, you, and, um, you know, you got your buddies here and there who work at the dealers and work, maybe they're independent as well, but they got, you know, more cat or more deer, more whatever experience. Mm-hmm. And you can lean on each other a little bit. And we do that. But, you know, once we built a team of guys with different experience and, uh, man, 90, I'd say like 99% of our, our work is, it stays in house. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not calling out other contractors. I'm not subbing out jobs because I can't do them. I'm not calling for help to anybody really. Um, it kind of stays in house. And like I said, my guys call me, you know, for like tech support stuff. Right. Um, that's essentially now that I got three trucks running. Um, I don't have time to be in the truck all the time either. It, uh, between, you know, running the business side of things and then, being everyone's tech support and having the shop, I'll work in the shop quite a bit now. Um, but I get a lot of just phone calls from the guys and I'll support them because they're my guys and they're working for our customers, right? That's different. And that's what you get when you have like an actual team. Like I can, essentially I can provide a little more value than just the random one man show who, you know, he's calling somewhere else and trying to figure out this shit. And it's like, yeah, okay. Well, you know, they end up calling guys like, us or the dealer or whoever to, you know, lean on. So I'm trying to be that kind of, our company's trying to be that in between, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like we're not the dealer obviously, but we're not just independents. So to me, that's worth more. That's worth more than whatever these independent guys, these one man shows are charging, right? Because a lot of times we have quick response times, that kind of thing, you know, within the day, um, which is pretty good for like what we do. We do a lot of, um, you know, we're not doing like truck breakdowns and stuff. A lot of times there'll be bigger jobs. So someone calls me and they're like, oh man, my loader's not shifting into gear or something or whatever. Can you have someone come take a look next week? Maybe if you got time and I'm like, okay, I'll come out later today or I'll come out tomorrow morning. Oh, okay. Wow. That's quick. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> so-and-so told me two weeks. Like, all right. Yeah. Cause they just assume we're all busy and we are, we are all busy, but when you got a team, you can move things around. You got a little more flexibility. You can kind of, you know, push stuff and yeah, you can get yourself out there quicker too. Right. So 
that was a you know big game changer for us was having the team having the shop the shop is a big game changer too because it lets me put jobs kind of here and i don't have a customer breathing over us watching us do the work so if i have to walk away and do something else for a bit that engine sitting in the bay i can come back to it in a couple hours right and go on a call and then come back so that's cool you know i got a lot more shop jobs on the go now which is nice but uh yeah that's great that's great um That actually kind of leads us into the next topic, the all-dreaded tools. Tools? Yeah, talk about tools. <laughs> well, you're you're wearing a Milwaukee shirt, so we got to talk Am about I? Oh, yeah. I guess it does. Yeah. I like these shirts. They're fucking awesome. They're nice work shirts. But, uh, yeah, what do you want to talk about tools? So you said in the beginning, you know, when you were <laughs> going out on your own, you know, yeah. you, you, you thought you had enough tools and you ended up having to spend some more money on tools and then end up having to spend oh, more money. What are we yeah. talking like? Is this like you, you had all the way up to like three quarter inch sockets and, and drives and you end up needing one inch or bigger or what, what do you yeah. mean by having to spend a bunch of money on tooling? Well, so I don't know how you guys are down in the States. If like the mechanics there, if you guys have to buy everything at the at your jobs like everything like one inch stuff too and up or um it kind of depends on where you're working like right now i I provide a lot of stuff but we do have like one inch stuff and three quarter inch stuff in the shop but yeah i've always been the type of guy that i want it on my truck just in case i don't want to have to rely like when i was at the dealer i bought like a three-quarter drive um you know set and impact and all that stuff because Technically, like my my old shop where I used to work, the independent place, they provided like they tooled us up pretty good. They were really good to us. It was bring your hand tools up to half inch kind of thing. And then up and above that is provided and specialty stuff is provided and you know, testing equipment and all that expensive, you know, that stuff's all provided, laptops provided. That kind of stuff was all provided at yeah. that independent shop. So I had a I had a pretty well rounded out tool toolbox, I guess, or you know, setup. Actually, I had a lot of <laughs> I had a lot of shit when I left there because when I moved out of that truck and I went to the dealer, I showed up in a five by eight trailer, like packed to the top with my tools, just like loaded. Like I couldn't even fit everything in the service truck that the dealer gave me because they gave me a little bit smaller. They gave me a T three hundred, but it had like the short boxes that all you Americans love to run, the little forty eight inch tall cabinets. <laughs> God, I hate all that. our trucks here in Canada are usually like higher. Well, I'm higher. A, I'm a tall bed by 14 foot if I can. Yeah, you got a bigger truck. I not no more. I I have my oh. my maintainer on F550, which yeah, I've explained yeah. before. You know, going from my T370 with the big long box to going into <clears throat> yeah. this 550, a lot of my stuff's in the garage now because I can't fit it. Yeah, my old service truck had 60 inch tall cabinets, 11 foot body, so I could fit pretty well most of my stuff. And then I had a shop box as well that had all my extra stuff, whatever, you know. But uh, when I went to the dealer, I was I was kind of shoehorned into the smaller truck and had all this shit that. And these guys were kind of making fun of me too for uh, like at the dealer. They're all like, you know, a lot of my buddies, right? That I went there to work with, and like, dude, why do you got so much shit? Like, what's all this like? junk and i'm like dude that's my tools man like <laughs> that's all my specialty just whatever like uh you know a bunch of like these like hoses and random shit the junk drawer kind of stuff you collect like random pieces of like to them just random chunks of steel i was like no dude those are for like <clears throat> you know pulling out uh 
whatever stick nose bushings and doing this shit that like, I thought you guys had all done this before, you know? And yeah. no, no man, we're emissions technicians, essentially. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> what did I get myself into? But <clears throat> you know, that was something that I, um, you know, it was a, the guys at the dealer don't have nearly as much stuff as us independent guys would have because they work on the same stuff every day. It's very predictable what you need day to day. Yeah. And, and I'm, uh, I'm assuming like you said you you know going into it you ended up spending like sixty grand in tools. I'm assuming you had to buy like porter powers and yeah all that yeah kind yeah of that stuff. kind of stuff. So yeah. you guys have all that yourselves usually. We my company provides all that, but yeah. I was planning on 2020 to go out on my own, so I started buying a lot of that stuff. So I have yeah. certain things. You know. Oh, so you already know, like so you know if you were to have just your personal set, now you go on your own and you're buying porter powers and buying a one inch and sockets and all that stuff. I mean that a one inch, a good one inch and a full set of sockets up to like three and a half. Yeah. That alone's like four or five grand. Yeah. Right? It's expensive. If not more. I mean, if you're getting them, yeah, you know, you need two of them, you need a long and a short nose and you know, then <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, full set of like big wrenches and porta powers and then rigging ch- chains, straps, all that stuff. Chains are expensive. Jesus. Yeah. Chains are not cheap. And I remember one of my first big, uh, I had to pull a counterweight, like the first time I needed like bigger rigging, I had to pull a counterweight on this cat, uh, 325. So I had to buy the lifting eyes and the rigging. I didn't make any money on that job. No. Um, at all because <laughs> it actually cost me money to do it because I was, you know, I, was, I didn't want to turn it down and I was like, well, I need this shit, but do I, do I build to the customer and then like, yeah, you know, like give them the, the tooling after and they didn't want it. And guys are, you know, on like certain jobs, like pipeline and like mining jobs, it's like, oh yeah, just bill it to the job, you know. But when you got buddy with a small excavating outfit, you don't just bill it to the job. He's going to look at you and freak out over the yeah. $2,000 you just spent on rigging to take his counterweight off. But you just eat that as a mechanic and put it in your toolbox now, right? It's and there the next for one, next you're going to hopefully make some, yep. you know. Yep. And now that chain is uh, actually, I've used it, I don't know how many fucking times doing <laughs> counterweights and pulling shit, but... At the, at the time, I was like, man, that's like, I told you I was pretty, you know, cash poor at the time starting out. And I had to go and spend 2K on, on rigging for this job, right? So um, all that stuff adds up, you know, a laptop, that's a uh, laptop and connectors, probably about, you know, depending what you want, depending how many connectors, you're about 10 to 15 grand, probably more sometimes um, for all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Each adapter is about you know, two, three grand. Well, up here, I don't know, down there, probably cheaper in, uh, in mm. American, but in Canadian pesos, it's fucking, <laughs> you know, our dollar doesn't go as Canadian, far, man. Canadian right? pesos. So, <laughs> That's awesome. Like a, a, deer, a deer adapter is uh, like an EDL is about 2,800 bucks up here. Yeah. Right? So I, I think they're about there. 15 here. I, I, I can't remember. Yeah. I've never had to buy one, yeah. so I don't really know. Yeah. But, yeah. So, you know, <clears throat> all that stuff adds up and there's a lot of expenses right off the hop. You know, your, your things you don't think about until like costs that you don't think about until your balls deep in it. And it's too late. You're like, Oh, what do I wear every day? Cover- like you guys don't wear coveralls down there, do you? Oh yeah. We do Not here really. in Texas. You do. You guys do. Oh, okay. coveralls. Sorry. Uh, uh, I used to wear like, them when I worked in the ag division of John Deere, I, I wore yeah, coveralls yeah. all the time. <clears throat> But no, I th- sorry. For, when you said coveralls, I was thinking bibs. We wear bibs during the winter because it's cold as shit. Like you guys, are they just like the bibs that just come over your shoulders? Yeah. Okay. So like, we, I mean, we always wear full coveralls year round, but that's you weird. know, everyone, you know, what's weird. 
just a side note is I get on the channel, like on the Tecmo channel, we get asked a lot what kind of coveralls we're wearing. I don't know why. Like every Blue other ones, episode ones. we put out in the comments, someone's like, what kind of coveralls are those? Those are really cool. Like, what the fuck is, what kind of question is that? Ask me about fucking intermittent CAN bus issues or something. Don't ask me about coveralls. <laughs> voltage, <laughs> two volt, two volt voltage drop. Let's talk about that. You know? Yeah. No, yeah. Let's uh, talk about something cool, man. I don't want to talk about fucking coveralls, but no, we wear coveralls anyway. So, yeah. you know, and, and those are 40 bucks a week, right. Mm-hmm. On, on a rotation. And I got three, three guys I had before concluding me that we got to provide cubbies for. So there's another, you know, over a thousand, uh, not, no, not a thousand bucks a month. It's a, about 80 bucks a week. I think for all my guys now, cause I, I chiseled them down on the price. I was like, man, you guys aren't doing your thing here. You're not giving me coveralls when we need them. And I'm not happy. I'm going to switch providers. Oh, wait, wait, and they wait, actually wait. The price down. So <laughs> that's but, cool. Uh, what's that? Oh, no, they were just like, wait, 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 no, we'll help you. Finally. No, want your business. Actually, you're a valued client of ours. Really? My four guys at uh, four cubbies per week. I mean, or whatever. I think they're on 11 pair rotation, which means they got one for every day and a spare. Yeah. And try to keep enough there. But, uh, you know, that's all those little expenses add up, right? Of course. You know, all that little stuff you don't think about your fuel, then fuel goes up. Are you charging your customer because fuel went up or are you just eating that for now? Or are you going to roll it into your next rate increase? Um, there's all kinds of like little expenses and things that uh, you don't think about, right? Um, so yeah, it, it adds up, man. Consumables, all that stuff, right? I, I kind of figured this is what you were going to say. I just, a lot of people ask, you know, going independent, yeah. what kind of tooling, blah, blah, blah. So. Yeah. yeah. If you want to actually like list the tooling, there's tons of lists. I'm sure you could find guys talking for days about what you need. But at this point in the game, I would say, if you don't know what you need for tooling, you're probably not ready to go Thanks. on your own yet. Thank I hate you. to say that. <laughs> like I'm not saying that to be a, a dick no, or no. egotistical or anything. It's just, if you don't know what you need day to day, then you're not, you're not ready yet. Cause you already, if you don't know that there's already things that you're going to go on your own. Yeah. That, uh, there's shit I didn't know I needed until I went out. I'll admit it. I probably wasn't ready to go on my own when I did, but I made it work. So yeah. The question, (laughs) you know, the the question, the tooling question that gets me and I talked about on the last episode, I'm sure you heard is people wanting to know like custom tools. And I'm like, (laughs) I don't know how to answer that. Like, I've All made shit I've, you've made and yeah, I've made so much shit. I don't remember. Like I've made pulley yeah. pullers out of, you know, quarter inch plate and I don't know. It's how to called uh, figure it out. Cause you're a mechanic too. Exactly. I mean, that's what I had to do. I'd, I'd love to have a listing of all the custom tools we've made and part numbers and dimensions and all that shit. But sorry, you have to find out on your, on your yeah. own. I hate to say it. There's things I'll help people with. Obviously if there's little things, you know, there's common things that a lot of guys will make. Right. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It's, there's so much, and it depends what you work on, right? Yes. You know, if you're I, getting into like, you're working on fucking big shovels and big mining gear all the time. There's, there's different sets of custom tooling and, and random shit that guys there make that I've never seen in my life. And then I'm like, what the fuck is that? And they're like, oh, that's for this. I'm like, oh, never thought of that. And then there's stuff I make that guys are like, what is that for? You know? <laughs> oh, that's for steering clutches on a D8K that I did when I was an apprentice and I just kept the tool. Right. Yeah. I, uh, I, uh, I, I don't want to sound like a dick either, but if you're going to be a field tech or are field tech and you can't figure out how to make a tool or if you, 
you know, if you have all the materials there or you can't figure it out, then you should probably rethink a little bit because you have to use your head, especially if you're out in the middle of nowhere and you have no options. You got to think about it and you got to make it happen. There's like, there's been times I've worked with guys and I'm just like, how do you survive as a field tech? Oh man! Like, how have you survived this long? Dude? Yeah, and it's like it's simple shit, and like you know, you're like, I would do it this way, and they're over here, you know, making it way more complicated than it needs to be. I'm just yeah. like, Jesus Christ! And yeah. it makes me oh. wonder sometimes because I've worked out in West Texas, and jobs are three to four hours away from your hotel, and you're away from everything in the middle of nowhere. And it's like you got to make shit happen. So it yeah, just, there's no option to. Come come back tomorrow or something, man. I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah, that was a big thing, you know. At the independent shop, was like you worked and you figured the job out, right? Mm-hmm. You got it done. We kept a lot of extra little shit, just you know, extra sockets, extensions, wrenches, whatever, just pieces of steel, plate steel, like keeping some like, um, you know, some ARs, some QT one hundred on your truck just to make a fucking wrench or something, right? Like <laughs> things like that, you know. You don't. You don't get taught that stuff anywhere. You pick it up as you go out of necessity, right? Yep. You know, like, I don't know. It's uh, it, like, you're right, though. It's one of those things. It's like, if you can't figure that out, it's kind of like, what are you doing, man? Maybe you should rethink what you're, you know, because here's where I, I come from at that. It's like, if you can't figure that out, I can't send you to a customer. Mm-hmm. It's not fair to that customer to have somebody that can't figure their shit out. I need them. I need you on the ball. I need you. You know, like I said, firing on all cylinders. And if you're not willing to stay a little late that time to get that job done, or you can't figure out how to get that job done, like, man, I've, I've had guys, they're, the track tensioner, like the recoil spring comes apart and gets all jammed up inside and they can't figure out how to get it out. I'm like, fucking get it out, man. Yeah. It's simple. Get it out. It's uh, eventually it'll come out, dude. You got to keep trying things, man. But I pulled on it. I pulled on it with the machine and it won't come out. I don't know. Cut a fucking hole in the in the idler, you know, because all oh, the washer keeps breaking off that I welded on there. I don't know, dude. The idler's fuck. Cut a hole and oh, stick a chain yeah. through it and pull. Whatever yeah. you got to do. I've had that Put a happen. bottle jack behind it. I don't know, man. Fucking cut like, holes in the sides of it and run a heel bar through that bitch and put a chain through, you know, around huh, it. Just like, pull but that that's bitch. the thing. It's like, you you know, it's like, you've got to figure it out, this yeah. out. I'm not here to hold your hand. And yeah. that's what I was talking about, like, you know, the value, like guys overvalue themselves. And that's when you're like, hey, man, like, you want top, you want top rate. You want all this shit, but like, I want to see it. I need to see that out of you. Like if you want to be up here, like perform up there, you know what I mean? I'm happy to pay guys. Well, I'll pay guys, you know, to the point that we're not really profiting as much as we should, if they're being productive, because I know that I can, you know, if they're doing a, what was quoted out as a 12 hour job and they get it done in eight, great. I can pay you more and they can actually build that job accordingly. You know yeah. what I mean? Yep. Those times are few and far between though. Right. And, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a tough pill for a lot of guys to swallow. Cause everyone, you know, everyone wants to be the, everyone wants to be a big dick boy until it's time to do big, big dick, dick boy things. things, you know, like, <laughs> yep. <laughs> no, and right. I'm the first to admit, man, I'm, I'm a deer guy. That's what I learned on. Yeah. I've been learning cat slowly over the time and, I don't know any other machines, but I will figure that shit yeah. out if I have to, you know. Oh, exactly. It's what you got to do. Well, and I'm do. not the greatest guy. And like, I'm not saying this to, like, I'm the greatest mechanic. I'm just stubborn as fuck, and I figure it out, <laughs> you know. Yeah. 
And I bill it accordingly. Like it, I know if it took me too long to do this job and it's like, Hey man, I fought this one. I'm sorry. I probably could have got it done quicker. So I'll bill you what I thought it should take. You know, what do you I'm, do? I'm very, so. so I had a, I actually, this week was kind of a long week for me. I was working on 350G, one of our machines, and uh, it was throwing code. So I go out there and mind you, this job site is two hours from my house. It's about an hour from my shop. So he sends me over, hey, this machine's throwing codes. It's in final inducement or whatever. Can't run the machine. It hardly idles. I'm like, oh, it's probably plugged up or something. So I get out there, hook up to it. And it's got a dead inlet knock sensor. So I'm like, hey, it needs a knock sensor. No other codes, you know, let's get it replaced. So I go out there the next day, replace the knock sensor, get it reading, start it, start in regen. And the, it, it's like popping back through the intake out the air filter. And I'm like, what the fuck? Sounds weird. And I'm like going through it, going through it. And I'm not seeing anything out of the norm. But my region, my inlet and outlet temps aren't reaching what they're supposed to in region. So I'm like, that's kind of weird. Yeah. I wonder if I got a VGT issue. So I go up there and it's like popping. It's like, it's really hard to explain. You know how like sometimes when you, you hear the VGT, when you kill the throttle and it go, fuh, 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 yeah. fuh, fuh, fuh. it's doing that while it's full throttle or not full <clears> throttle <throat> while it's regening. It's just, fuh, 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 fuh. You know, making that noise. I'm like, that's crazy. So I unplugged the VGT and it quits. So I'm like, okay, I got a now I got a VGT issue. Do you ever run into issues like that where you know you go out and replace a part and another thing fails while you're there, and then you have to yeah. go spend more time and money? And the customer's like, well, what the hell? Why didn't you fix it? You know, all the first time. Yeah, I thought you would have fixed that. Yeah, you know what? That's uh, that's always a fun one to deal with, right? Because yeah, you're there to fix the machine. So when you leave, it should be fixed, right? Now, in a perfect world, it's like, yeah, I threw that part on, I left, and, you know, but something else comes up. I've, man, I've had I've had a few machines like that, actually, recently. Uh, we had a, a freight liner that was showing, like, low coolant temp, uh, or uh, low coolant level, sorry. Like, mm -hmm. the level was low, and then it would shut down because it's a stupid safety feature. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know truck stuff as well too, so I didn't know that that was a thing. I was like, man, what kind of fucking truck shuts you off on the highway? That's that's crazy. <laughs> my buddy's like, oh yeah, it's a common thing, man. Like, yeah, they shut off. I'm like, okay, whatever. So change the level sensor. Um, like the whole tank, I think, because the float was getting stuck, right? Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, we changed that, and it goes out, goes to work, everything's fine. Comes back two days later, and you know what? The, the first thing the customer says and, and you, just, you know whatever you driver says hey man truck's coding again you guys didn't fix it yet okay let's go take a look it's a different problem you know it was a deaf heater line <laughs> this time right so you know we changed that out sent it out and i think it came back one more time for something else <laughs> and uh i had one of my other guys go do that and i was like man it's just it's just a auction special truck man i don't know what to tell you and you know what here's the thing that customer is very understanding um especially because like we've shown them straight up it's like dude these are three different issues you just it's just bad luck that they came up now and then again and then again what do you, what do you want me to you know i'll fix it but it's not like uh you know it's not one of those like oh ever since you know i fucking hate that ever since you you know 
Yep. Ever since you replaced my wiper motor, my yeah. turbo, right? <laughs> yeah, that's you know? that's my buddy Joe's favorite thing. You know, you just worked yeah. on my truck. Yeah. Now this is happening. But yeah, uh, no, we uh, we you know what? I, that's one thing. Don't be afraid to uh, fire customers. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You know, don't be afraid to because it's not worth your. Uh, my, like my buddy would say, it's not worth your soul, man. It's not worth like the 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 heartache and the pain and the sleepless nights of like oh fuck this guy's gonna call me in the morning i know it because that thing's still acting up and 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 he's just a, a whiny guy that you know it's nothing i've done wrong it's just that let's say this machine's just plagued with issues or something and you know oh i just did the undercarriage on it and oh man now it's fucking throwing all these def codes or now it's doing this or now it's doing that it's always something with mm-hmm. these, some of these guys and mm-hmm. and you know and then the kicker for me is always like the the guys who complain the the hardest and the loudest and the most, a lot of times are the slowest paying too. Oh yeah. And they hold you out for like 30, 60, 90 days. And 30 days I'm fine with. Even 60 if you're a good customer and that's the terms we got, great, whatever. If we're doing the volume with you, I don't care. But this just endless complaining and and if they're not really a volume customer, I'm kinda of like, hey, look, sorry, I I'd love to help you out. I just I don't have the time for you. I can't give you what you need. It's like a relationship, man. It's like, you're, you're not getting what you need out of me. I'm sorry. I want to go our separate ways. Here's a great guy that I can recommend you to. And I usually give him to somebody that, you know, whatever here, this guy tried to take my customers before you can have this one. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Give them to your competition. So bless them with the customer, bless your competition with a, with a a quote unquote, great customer. (laughs) But That's awesome. uh, you don't be afraid to fire guys. Cause like, you know, maybe you might not, you, oh yeah, you're going to lose some revenue, but you'll make up for it pretty quickly. You'll find another customer. You'll find someone else that'll actually be happy that, Hey, now you got like a little more time freed up and, and you can dedicate that to some better customers. Cause there are times when you can't get to your good customers because you are busy on some, you know, but uh, yeah, that's something that, uh, you know, those guys I do try to cut off. So I try to keep good customers that are understanding. Obviously, there's shit that comes up, but, you know, it's less than ideal situations with machines. But a lot of my customers now, I'll tell them, you know, look, this has been an ongoing issue. You know, you got to like we just brought this deer 850, 850K and it's got just rubs on the harness in so many spots under the cab. And I've mentioned it to them like, hey, typical. you guys might want to look at doing a harness soon. Like, And this is how I approach that situation. We had a uh that the, the blade tilt would cut out so then all the functions would cut out and i found a rub on the harness mm-hmm. and i had to just run an overlay on it because i wasn't going to get down there and get into the tilt center the the um pilot harness on the controller i just put an overlay on there for now and said look this harness is, is it's done like it's a it's a part man it's a wear item it's going to wear out eventually all right you know i can do those harnesses and, uh, my eyes closed man i've done so yeah. fucking many of them yeah. Oh, so, you know, I mean, it's, oh, yeah. and, and like, uh, you know, another, another issue comes up, right? Like something else comes up. There was like an intake air temp code or something or other, like a few codes have come up since. And I said, look, like we can keep chasing stuff. That's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to come out and, and fix it as it goes. But, you know, realistically, it needs a harness. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, oh yeah, no, we'll just, we'll cross that bridge. If we ever get sick of just calling you out endlessly, then yeah, we'll get a harness. Sure. But in the meantime, we'll keep paying you to come out. And that's what I like. I don't mind that at all. You know, that's a great customer. They're, they're happy. They never complain about the, uh, the bill and they know what they're, 
they know that ultimately it's their choice whether they want to go my recommended route, which would hopefully cut down on the callouts, but it'd be a higher upfront cost because yeah, you're paying for a harness and you're paying yeah. for labor, right? Yeah. And, that, and that's just, that's how it is, man. You can't have your cake and eat it too. It's one or the other, you know, in these things. So, yeah. Uh, I gotta know, uh, I need the real answer mechanic versus technician. Oh shit. You want to <laughs> dig into that now? I, yeah. yeah. We can, uh, it's pretty short, man. I don't know. Um, so how it was kind of explained to me always and, and how I came up in this was like mechanics or, I know you guys talk about like the weird, like, Oh, if you touch a computer, you're a technician. I didn't say that. Some, I who, just, whoever, was that Robin? No, it was another guest. A few, a few, I don't remember. I don't remember what episode it is, but yeah, that was yeah. his opinion. <clears throat> I was going to say, I don't want to disagree with Robin. I was agreeing with all his other points. So <laughs> if that was one though, I disagree because technicians are, so the way it was always explained is technicians are usually a specialty, right? Mm-hmm. So like you have a, and not just like a specialty as in like, they're all that in a bag of tricks. They're like a tire technician or a loop technician or, um, you know, technician usually entails that the person is a, is a technical kind of specialist or whatever on one particular aspect. And as a mechanic, you have to know all of them, right? So mechanic is a well-rounded kind of, trade where you have to be an electrical guy. You got to know hydraulics. You got to know engines, transmissions, welding, fabricating, all that stuff you need to know. That's a mechanic. To me, a mechanic, if you call yourself one, is somebody that can do all those, all those trades wrapped into one, right? And because uh, you're not just a, you know, if you're a diagnostic tech, all you're doing is diagnosing, right? But a mechanic should diagnose, you know, a mechanic should not diagnose things, not just replace parts. And that's how it was always kind of explained to us. Now I know guys have gotten more into just like, oh, I want to call myself a technician because it sounds fancier, and sounds more whatever. Like, oh, we have a technician on standby; he's going to come out to your machine here, <laughs> whatever. But mechanic to me, I, just, I like the term, and it's kind of a little more old school, I guess. Too, um, you know, I grew up with guys that, hey, I'm a heavy duty mechanic. That was what they called themselves. So I'm maybe it's just a, a, a more of a what do you want to call a sign of respect or a shout out that the guys who trained me and brought me up in this trade, they all called themselves mechanics, heavy duty mechanics. They were, you know, equipment mechanic, whatever, but uh, it was always mechanic at the end. There, right. So I call ourselves mechanics. All my guys are mechanics. And uh, I don't like the word technician. Cause I think of a tire guy or a lube tech working <laughs> at like some yeah. Jiffy lube kind of place. Right. You know, he's a technician, but we're mechanics. They, they have, that's that's my two cents on it. They got, Call yourself what you want at the end of the day. Just you know. Do they have Jiffy yeah. Lubes in Canada? What's that? They have Jiffy Lubes in Canada. I think we have Jiffy Lube. Well, shit. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, we got Jiffy Are Lube, they but just, we don't have. Maybe we got Jiffy. We got like great Canadian oil change. And oh, all these okay. other companies. Like all that, the same shit. I have to bleep out all that, anyways. No, I'll leave it in. It's, well, there you go. You guys go to Jiffy Lube. Yeah. If you want, if you trust them. Watch Jiffy Lube sponsors our, your <laughs> podcast, uh, sponsor the episode. Fuck, I wish I could get some type of sponsor, man. Jesus. Yeah. Sponsors. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you got anything yeah, for dude. me? Sorry? You got any questions for me? Anything you want to talk about? Yeah, dude. I mean, I know I've just been sitting here blabbing away. No, I just, we're getting uh, up there in time. We're almost two hours in. So 
figured Are we almost uh, two we, hours oh uh, shit yeah i figured i didn't even notice dude <laughs> well you'll cut her down do two episodes i guess part one and part two <laughs> hey man i'm always down for that yeah yeah but uh yeah dude so y- i'm gonna have to cut out all that stuff <laughs> that's all good man <laughs> so but, what was uh, your other question so yeah i had a question for you it was um like because you're doing the podcast and uh you know you've been doing it how long now yeah. Uh, getting ready. January will be season three. Wow. So third year. Third year. It'll, oh, it'll be, I thought, I, I'm fi- getting ready to finish up my <laughs> second year. So I'll be heading into third year, which is wild to me, you know? Oh, crazy. Uh, dude. I never thought wow, you've been doing, <laughs> I never thought I'd been doing the content long. thing longer than me. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's sweet. so like, what made you want to do the podcast then? Like, um, kind of like what I tell everybody is, you know, uh, all the, there was, there's all kinds of podcasts. There's millions of podcasts out there. And, you know, there was Mr. Wit that had his, and I used to be a huge fan of build wit. Um, yeah. You know, construction podcast, you have, you know, all your automotive podcasts, there's diesel podcasts, but there's nothing about the heavy equipment diesel. side. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> What'd you say? I always get a kick. Of, I, I always get a kick out of uh, Americans are always like diesel, like diesel. big ass on that. Oh, I was trying to Just think what I was saying. Pronounce so. that s. Give diesel. it to me, baby. How do you say? No, it? Canadians always say diesel. Diesel, like with, almost like a z. That's like diesel. saying greasy instead of greasy. Um, yeah, but like it sounds better as diesel. It's more diesel. masculine. Not diesel. diesel. That's probably my like, Californian accent. Yes, uh, but but yeah, there there was no, nothing. It's just something I, I always. I actually, I do this thing where I comment on people's videos whenever I, like on a TikTok or something, they'll say like diesel and I'll go and I'll comment like a bunch of like, like D with a bunch of like S's. <laughs> and I just, just, that's the only thing I put, just diesel and I comment that and just, I don't know, man, I'm a fucking troll sometimes. <laughs> that's uh, fine. I love trolling. I, love I can't do it but, as much uh, now having the podcast because people might, you know, cancel you're me. You're a public figure now. Yeah, I can't be a big public figure. I used to go on and troll so much, man, just fucking be a complete yeah. asshole. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of why I started it. I wanted to talk about our side, you know, you know, you yeah. have these construction guys, Oh, we need to get people in the construction industry. Let's talk about the, the mechanic side of this shit. And then, you know, we're going to talk about Mr. Buildwit here, uh, constantly like message him. Hey man, I'd like to talk about this side, you know, let's, I'd like, I'm interested in being on your podcast or if you want to come be on mine, let's talk about this. Yeah. Mm, crickets. So yeah, dude. fuck that guy. We're too small. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not big and bad and I don't have daddy's money to promote my freaking stuff. So yeah, um, I'll do it on my own, which I've been doing and we're almost 200,000 downloads in. So nice. Screw him. But yeah. yeah, that's why I did it, man. And, We'll see how oh, I think it's an important it's an important thing to to put out there. Really, I mean, guys can you, you get two mentalities with it, right? Guys that are into it and like, yeah, man, like I try to film some jobs and make TikToks and all that, whatever. I don't really do the TikTok thing at all, but um, you know. And then there's either the old school maybe mentality of like, oh, I don't need all that internet shit, and <laughs> I don't got time for that. I'm so busy. <laughs> I love that. I'm so busy. I can't do it. I don't have time to. I, I missed the birth of my son and all this other, you know, well, you got soft hands, boy. <laughs> well, like I told you before um, we recorded, I, it, 
if it wasn't for the podcast, I probably wouldn't have any social media. So yeah, it's just letting well, me same, dude. I, I got into it because they like same idea, just trying to encourage guys to get into this trade. Um, and that's what social media is great for is showing guys what the actual real world side of it. And for you like talking about it, right. Yeah. Getting real guys out here to, to chat about their, you know, and all of it too, the real stuff, the struggles, like, you know, well, I'm uh, I'd like to think I'm a pretty open book about that. Right. Yeah, you know, of course. You guys want to know how much shit I ate when I started out and I'll tell them, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> and I started this, you know, like to try to help get younger people into the, the trades or whatever. I've kind of gotten away from that. Cause it, I started sound like yeah. a broken record and hopefully, you know, <clears> if it, if people, you know, we got a dad that's been a heavy equipment mechanic, like, Hey son, you know, you should check out this podcast. Maybe you think about getting into something like it. That's great. But I've kind of just taken a step back. You know, I've, I've been more into building our community, you know, trying to make more friends and everybody that approaches me, like or messages me and said, you know, I get messages all the time that say, Hey, this podcast is badass, you know, and it just, it, it keeps me going. Cause if I wouldn't get that yeah. stuff, then what's the point of doing yeah. this? Yeah, no, definitely, man. So, yeah. Well, I uh, keep building it, right? Yeah, that's the plan, man. I'm going to keep it going and hopefully it it grows to something big to where we can do something with it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Have you had any opportunities like that? Anybody want to work with you in any capacity, like other companies? Um, Sponsors, anything like that? I was doing, I was talking to a boot company at one point and then I started hearing kind of bad things about their stuff, their products. So I went with a completely different boot. So I kind of just cut off communication with that. Um, I, I haven't really approached anybody, but you see a lot of these people and they're like, Oh man, this company hooked me up with this to try out. How do people get, those products you know are they actually approaching let's just say let's just a tool company you know like oh this company they make a quick video like this company hooked me up with this ratchet you know they want me to try it out are they actually approaching these people or are they it's a it's kind of a mix man like you want because we we get that right yeah yeah. i got products that i demo and whatever now um so it starts out really small right Mm -hmm. like anything you know you you actually approach a few companies like hey look this is what i do um i already use your product and i i like it and you know like for us um do you want to say the tool company or not i mean oh i'll leave that off do what you uh, if you want snap it's on the channel so they can figure it out but uh if you go on the channel there's a tool company we've been working with they've been well, you know what? Fuck it. I'll shout them out. Like Mueller, they're, they've been awesome. Mueller. We okay. started using their product. Like, I don't know if you don't know, Mueller, like they make specialty automotive stuff and a hmm. few other bunch of tools. They make those wrench extenders. Okay. Oh like yeah. Double yeah. wrenching. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So started out with that. Um, I was using that all the time and guys were asking about it. So we approached them. We're like, Hey, you know, we, we got this, um, we use your tools and we got a lot of like positive feedback in the videos. Everyone's asking about it. Everyone wants to know where we get it from. Like, are you guys interested in working with us in any kind of capacity? You know, like, is there anything you guys want to maybe think about doing together? And then they actually used our videos and some of our stuff for their product. And like we had an, they have an agreement with, uh, with Tecmo and they work with them. And 
I mean, one of the benefits for me is like I they want me to essentially shit kick all their stuff out in the field. So that's what I do. And uh, yeah, they they'd always come up with something to be like, hey, you know, we think this tool might work for you. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. Do you want to try it? And, uh, you know, I always try to buy it myself. Actually, like what I would what I always offer up with anything is like, okay, cool. Like, where can I get it from? Or I'll go buy it. You know, I don't ever expect a like a handout or a freebie or anything like that. Cause I'm not a, I'm not a sellout or shell for that kind of shit. I'm like, let me buy it. And I'll give you an honest opinion. You know, like I, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. If it's shit, it's shit. And I'll tell people like, I'll yeah. be showing it blow up on the channel. It is what it is. Yeah. Right. So I've used a lot of their tools now and they've uh, sent us some stuff they want us to try. And man, I, you know, it's a, that's how you start though. Right. Yeah. Uh, I started out with us just owning the stuff and it's a product I, I enjoyed using already. I, I, it was good work. Like it was good, um, good quality. Right. So I was already pretty confident in their product. I was like, Hey, look, if you guys want to work on it, then let me know. But if not, whatever, it's fine. It's your, it's your loss. You know, I'm not, I'm going to grab this shit either way. Right. And then, you know, now it's gone into other companies when they see, the channel they'll reach out and be like hey you want to run our boots you want yeah we got a boot one too from somebody and some clothing company and a yeah. few other things in there and we're like uh i'm only gonna kind of run with the shit that i actually um like i wouldn't put something on my truck that i won't run myself so i'm not just gonna put it there for somebody's yeah. advertisement yeah and I, you know? that's what i want to do i want to be able to actually <laughs> use something or you know prove that it works yeah and because one the main topics that people want to hear about or or workwear, whether that be boots, pants, you know, fire retardant clothing, uh, and tooling, I'm willing to help yeah. any company out. You know, we have a huge following here, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that would eat that stuff up. So, you know, yeah, especially like, hey, I use this tool. You guys should definitely try it out. That's that that's helping out the customer and you know, the company. Yeah. So well, these you can have some like win-win situations where, you know, like they're getting some advertising and plugs from actual end users and, you know, you're getting support for your channel and for your podcast. And then your, your listeners are getting positive recommendations, not just bullshit. Cause that's one yeah. thing I'll never push is a product that I don't believe in um, regardless of, what people want to, you know, give you or whatever. Um, so we like, do you ever go to any trade shows or anything? No, I, I, w- I was supposed to go to, um, con expo, but that didn't yeah. work out. Cause I found out I was having a kid. So I have to go to the oh, next shit. one. <laughs> Babies, man. Always getting in the way. Yeah. Jeez. Life. But, uh, yeah, no, we went to con expo. That was a good one for us. We went to Bama, like the big, um, expo in Germany, oh, big equipment shit. one. It's like four, four or six times the size of Connex. It was fucking huge, man. <laughs> um, and then we just went to SEMA. So like we yeah. we do that, and I try to pay out of pocket now myself. Like they used to send me there, like Bama and and Connex. they actually like paid me to go there, like paid for my flight and stuff. And I was like, yeah, that's that's cool and all, but I don't like obligations, so I'm gonna pay for the next one. So I went to SEMA uh, recently. And you just go and talk to companies when you're down there and like, Hey, this is, this is kind of what we do. And 
the problem with SEMA was everybody's an influencer down there. Yeah. And if you get up <laughs> everybody's closer, got their gimbal cameras though, and they're all like, man, I'm a, I got like a thousand followers on Instagram and, and 500 on my YouTube channel. And you're like, cool. Dude. Yeah. And you look at I all these custom anything. Cause everybody's got to start somewhere, but there's so many car podcasts and talk shows yes. and Instagram pages. And oh. yeah, I understand. Oh, yeah. well, I'm getting texts from my wife asking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I am too, probably. Before, so I should probably before. Uh, scoot. But uh, yeah, dude, no, thanks for uh, thanks for having me on here. I really, I, yeah. I really do appreciate being on here and talking with you because, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's good to chat about this stuff. It's nice to make content related to what we do, like you said. So. Yeah, definitely. Uh, before we hop off of here, uh, I know you're not crazy big on social media, but where can people find you on Instagram or whatever? Yeah. So if you want to find me on, on Insta, it's uh, it's actually my, my personal one, but I don't have a work one. If you search blue tech equipment, no E in blue or Tron K bloom, Tron underscore K underscore bloom. It's just my, just a nickname that's kind of stuck around forever, <laughs> <laughs> but you can search those. And that's my, that's my Insta. Um, on YouTube where if you want to actually watch the videos, we're, we're on Tecmo, Tecmo HD's YouTube channel. Um, it's not my channel. So, but go check them out, give them a subscribe, helps the channel out. And then I got my own channel, which I think is just blue tech equipment. Like I said, I'm not big on the socials. I let other people kind of do it. Um, but, uh, you know, I like, I like following along with some, some of the guys now and commenting back and forth and, yeah, of course. Usually use like an alternative account and go and troll some <laughs> some people. But uh, I have one. Yeah, of those. No. <laughs> All but, right. Uh, yeah, you can find me online. Give me a message, whatever. Give me a shout. I don't care. I'm pretty open if you got questions. So yeah. Sweet. Right on, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on. It's been fun. I uh, wish we could talk yeah, longer. <laughs> yeah, no, we could honestly not like I said, I'll fucking talk forever about this trip, so it's my life, right? I'm, <laughs> I'm sure people are mad because I didn't ask you a certain question or something. Well, that I guess that's oh, what. Man. If we we'll do another, if we do another episode, I'll put a poll out there and be like, "Hey, what kind of questions you got for this guy?" We'll do that. That'd yeah. be fun. Yeah, for sure, dude. Or maybe we could do like a All YouTube right. live podcast or something. Yeah, do a live. Yeah, I'm, I'm awesome. down for that. Whatever. Sweet. All right, man. Well, I gotta run. I apologize Same. for cutting you off here, but uh, no, dude, it's all kid. No. I think we got enough content there for like two or three episodes. <laughs> Do with it what you will. All right, dude. Well, you have a good one. We'll chat soon. All right. Sounds good. Go check out the Tecmo channel on YouTube. Check out Cam and all the other guys and give them a subscribe or however you want to do it. Check them out on Instagram. And most importantly, make sure you go follow the Certified Wrench. Subscribe, rate, and review, whatever you want to do. Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, TikTok. I got a new merch line out on the merch store. If you guys could go check that out. I really like the new logo. It's for the new season. I am going to make a couple more. And I did make a couple new sticker ideas. So go check out the merch store. Um, Any support helps with that. And I think that's it. We're going to head out. We'll see you guys next time. Oh, oh, oh.